is uh, flight flight of the Bitcoin miner or flight of the Bumble miner. Flight of the Bumble. Those are those are cute. I, I don't know. There, there's yeah. a lot that could be this week. So that's all I thought. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait for it. Just because of the buzzing sound. <laughs> the bomb threat. <laughs> <laughs> bomb threat in Norway. <laughs> the oh my god. You were talking about the bike in space thing, dude. I don't know. We could. We'll, we'll see where the show goes. All right. We're just going to cut that out. Hey, everyone. This is John Seth, and you're listening to John Seth's World. I'm here with my co-host, Sean a. Hannity. David. Yeah, Sean, Sean Hannity. Hannity. Huh. Dude, so did you see that Donald Trump tweeted about uh, the Alex Jones stuff finally? He's not saying Alex Jones's name, uh-huh. but he's talking about this situation, I feel like. Well, and there's a couple of other things that have happened this week. Like Gavin McGinnis, uh, who is the leader of the Proud Boys, founder of Vice from 1994, and he had a split with Vice, um, and I think Rebel Media is, is now his. Uh, he, got, he got booted off Twitter. Really? Along with every Proud Boys account. Huh. And, uh, and the media reported it as a head of Unite the Right rally. Gavin McGinnis and Proud Boys accounts are suspended. Huh. So well, that's not good. I mean, that's more indicative of like what's going on with. It's very well, weird. The whole thing is strange to me. It's, it's very weird. Very weird. Since since last week, it's still been up in the air what Twitter was going to do with like the whole Alex Jones thing because like they were kind of like not making a decision. Well, they suspended they, him. They this suspended week. him yeah. for a week. Well, for, they've been for, doing things for for making threats at journalists. It, it feels like the attention has been focused on Twitter for like what they're going to do. Dude, it's, it's very strange to me because, like, they're like in the way in the way that like the idea of the, the idea of guns and the Second Amendment are to protect you from the government is sort of the idea. We've always had this notion that free speech would be protected by um, sort of these social media accounts, and like for the same reason, actually, like if you had to like organize a protest, organize something, um, you could. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's what we've seen in other countries where. They've had like uh, sort of like these mesh networks that they're using in the middle of protests in order to communicate with each other. I, I think that pro, I, I think that companies like Twitter are kind of dead for this. Well, I think I think the Arab Spring from what was it two thousand nine? I was going to say you're, you're allowed to burn this. your entire country down, but, but as, and use Twitter to to like organize it, but you can't like say right wing things in America. Well, on Twitter, come on, yeah, like, well, fucking a. Well, the well the thing was that like these these companies were not bowing down to government com- uh, demands. They won't. until it got to like until pres- it's against their own ideology, right? Or or a bigger government. It's very <laughs> weird to me, right? Or or yeah. Well, because 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 you think it's China or Russia? Well, the, there's plays <laughs> of like Google trying to enter the Chinese market. Yeah, and I think I saw something about a lot of Google employees coming out saying that they did not want to do some of the things they were being asked to yeah. do in developing like the browser in the search engine. I get that I, because I don't the search engine would have been compliant with like just, Chinese. Right. I don't know that this that this is related to that. They're not I, related. I, here's what I think. I've been thinking a lot about why these things are happening. Like the the, the Alex Jones thing, a complete bungle of a mess. Mm-hmm. But they're doubling down on it. And as I read things from people, like what blows my mind is that everyone's in, like seems to be in support of this. A lot of people are overwhelmingly in support of like y- you read comments, you read things, and people are like, "I am seeing so many." It seems like they made an a, agreement that it, he should. What be an off. amazing chess move! It's a great chess move. And I think what's going on is I think that these these guys are. Um, I, I think that they're run by younger people, 
And I think they just don't understand what the implications of what they're doing are. I see this as like a slow descent to hell. Mm. Like this, like if there's a road to perdition, this is what it looks like. It, it looks like a bunch of kindness. Yeah. Well, and I get that. That sounds very ironic and strange. And I think it's, I, I, it has to be true. It has to be true. Can you, can you talk about a description of like how this could potentially play out? Because I, I can kind of see I just, what... I, I don't want to make predictions about like where it's going to go because like, like the, the eventual... The problem with like extremist ideologies is that the eventual conclusion of them is like genocide of some sort, mm-hmm. right? Like you have... Uh, like it's always said, like on the right wing you have Hitler, on the left wing you have the gulags. Um, both are really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, just completely terrible. And the the, the goal of uh, sort of government and society, the rules of society, sort of the cultural milieu, is to sort of sit in the middle of the road and make sure that you don't end up in those places. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where, I, I don't know where you jump from. This is this one. This is sort of a line you don't cross into the world of like this is now like an inevitability. Mm. Where you end up with like gulags and and you know uh, none such. Like, what happens? Are we going to get to a world where there are words that if you say them, you go to jail? Because I well, think we're headed there. Well, there's events that have happened that indicate that you can say or you you might exercise a certain freedom of speech or you might exercise certain speech that does land you in jail. I mean, you, you, the the UK guy, the guy that taught his dog to be a Nazi. The joke, like like he was trying to he he was telling a joke and that joke got him arrested. Well, that's the other thing so is, like, is I see the death of the is gest- it, is I see it, the death it? of the jester right now. Right, I see that like happening. There is there is no way in the world that that's a good thing. I don't think. Like when you cannot tell jokes, when you tell jokes and like like I don't I mean I don't know where do you head to like a Joker view board. Like, there these comedians. Jerry Seinfeld, a, a very tame comedian, won't go to colleges anymore. Right. Although, well, m- most of the comedians won't go to colleges anymore. But, like, him not that, going to colleges is, is, such a, is such a weird indicator of, it, like, it really how... Obviously, is, like, the death of the jester. And, and I think what's going on with Donald Trump is that he is the jester. I think that he's taking on that role. Intentionally or unintentionally? I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like I think he's essentially the the he's he's delivering the news in a hilarious way, mm-hmm. and I think that he's the only one that seems to be able to like say anything he wants without like you know censorship. And I see this well, because like, what's Twitter going to do? Cut him off Twitter? Well, that's the thing. Jack Dorsey of Twitter this week gave an interview, and they asked if there was special consideration for like the president and other people. He's like, no, we treat every account the same, and uh, and then he and then immediately said, but we give like special consideration for public officials, and, and we want everyone to see like how Donald Trump treats people. I was like, okay, that's fine. It's funny that that like matters for Donald Trump, but not for other people. Um, it, it it it's funny that somehow that's useful, but only once you're a public official. Mm. If you really if you believe that, what you would have done is you would have like you never you would have allowed those tweets uh, to to happen long before he was president, and then you could show how he treats people before he's president. It's it's absolutely insane to me, insane to think that uh, you should be removing people's ability to speak. And what you're going to end up with very soon is a president of the United States who's had his account banned for five years. You know, something like that. <laughs> like, oh, I, I had my account banned five years ago. We and have, it's, to, re- we have it's to going to you because yeah. you've been elected to the presidency. It's going to become like a mark of distinction. Like, yeah. in order to be, like, a Republican, you're, you're going to have to have a, tw- a banned tw- Twitter account. 
mm. or something like that. It's very weird. It's very strange to me that this is like uh, that 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 this is the war that they're fighting. Mm. This is the wrong war, I think. It's a really interesting chess move with the Alex Jones stuff because it seems to me that uh, a lar- the, the vocal portion of society seems to be very anti-Alex Jones. I don't care where you are in Alex Jones if you think he's good or bad. That's not the point. Yeah. The point is like by cutting him off and censoring a guy like that, you open up a whole can of worms for, well, well now we're the, when well, now, it, it becomes, now where's the line? It becomes a sliding now, scale, now, right? Now, like now, point, you, now right. point is like a woman like Lauren Southern say something. Well, you've defined, like, well, you've defined well, the boundaries. Like the, the, the boundaries, and this, is, this was always my problem with like banning Nazis mm-hmm. on Twitter and other people. It's, a, it's, it's very obvious to me that this is a sliding scale. So everyone was in support of banning these Nazi accounts. Mm-hmm. I get that. I know why. But all you... Okay, so, so now we have this extremist right-wing sort of definition. Nazis. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, so we all agree. Nazis are bad. We don't want to hear what they have to say, which I think is stupid. I think that you should let Nazis talk. I think you should be able to engage with them on Twitter and let them say they're hurtful, terrible things. And, and, and uh, it should not be illegal. It shouldn't be arrestable. It sh- and it shouldn't be bannable. And then, uh, and then people can engage. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's how conversation works. That's how people change their minds. Right. In fact, one of the members of the Westboro Church, she came out of the Westboro Baptist Church because someone reached out to her on Twitter after she said something her- terrible, dehumanizing, awful, and, she, and, and reached out to her and was like, well, have you thought about this? And she went back and she thought about it, and she like completely left the, the Westboro Baptist Church it was like one as of a result of, of a Twitter conversation. It was one of the daughters of like the ministers or something. Yes. But the point is is that the, you had interaction with them. They were able to engage and discuss these things. And, and You and can ask know. people well, hard questions. We t- a we portion we of people will, in fact, listen yeah. and consider them. We mentioned this last week, but I actually watched the what's his face's TED talk. The black guy that befriended the KK, the head of the KKK, and eventually he he stopped being yeah. in the KKK. And and he would bring him around events. He was like well respected amongst the KKK while they were organizing. And the United States, th- that's also the biggest difference between here and Europe. And that's like Europe for the most part, like Germany, they were like no Nazis are allowed here. Like they didn't like you can not tamp, being a you Nazi was like an illegal down, thing. But you see it now, like there's a rise Over. of like Nazism in like Greece, mm-hmm. of, of like super right wing extremism in places like Greece. You can tamp it down. You mm-hmm. can tell people that they can't do this. Then what happens is it festers. It sits there under the surface, and then it rises up when there's enough uh, an, enough tension. Mm-hmm. It rises up and roars to life in a way that you never could have expected. And that and that's what's happening in other places in Europe. So, like, I mean, that's I don't in America, discussion is freely had so much so that the Unite the Right rally number two happened, and there were maybe fifteen people that showed up. Is that really? Like, yeah, it was very small. Then. It was like fifteen. They had hundreds, if not thousands, of police walking fifteen people around the cities of D.C. The cities, the city of D.C. And they had thousands of Antifa protesters uh, yelling at cops, shouting at white people, telling them that they're evil. And it was hilarious because all I saw there was a Unite the Left rally. Interesting. It was a complete, uh, nothing but a giant rally filled with like feminism, modern day feminism, and like very, very weird Antifa, like violent protesters. Right, this weird left movement. The same shit, by the way, just the other side. Well, how is that being reported? Is that like a victory of like, oh, we got rid of... They're not reporting it. The media didn't, they they reported that it fizzled. Huh. They're not reporting the other shit that happened. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like wrap my head around like what the perception of that whole thing is being made out to be. Like, 
it's not interesting because there's no there there aren't a bunch of it Nazis. It is interesting, but the well, reason it is, that it's not it's, interesting is because it's, interesting it's, their, because there's not enough it's the extremists on their side right. that are like that, that are showing up. I, I think the Unite the Right rally was a terrible thing. I think that Nazis are bad people. I think that like white nationalists have the bad have bad ideas. This is very simple. Mm-hmm. Like it's not difficult to like parse this. You can you can go ahead and, and argue with them, and uh, and you can and 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 th- they can or not engage. But like there are a portion of people that can. I think honestly, I want to know what effect Jordan Peterson had on on the lessening of this rally because I bet you that a lot of people have left that movement as a result of what he's done because he's the only person in in the nation who is willing to engage with those people. Well, perhaps. To, to say, well, his his message is applicable to those people. His entire point has been: Why would you? Why would I, I'm a psychologist? Mm-hmm. Why would I want to go fix people that are fixed? Which is interesting because, like, it is in fact like a message of Jesus. Like Jesus says, like, I come for the I come for the sick, mm-hmm. and that's I mean I think that's that's sort of a command, right? Like you come for the sick. Like that's like, I, I see it like Jordan Peterson. I I think that's exactly what he's kind of like trying to do. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, people who don't like him, which is fine. Um, but like I, the, when I see him talking, to me, I see him trying to cure a sickness in his mind. Whether that works, whether it's good, whether it's bad, I don't know. But like it seems to me that that is his mentality here, um, which is very different than the rest of society. You go engage. That's why Joe Rogan is so effective. Mm-hmm. He engages anybody. Well, yeah. I mean, like those 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 guys are willing to have that conversation and, and, and talk to those people. Yeah. Um, but is it that you're going to start actually seeing... Because, like, bef- you know, within the last few years before... Like, let's take what you just said. Like, before Jordan Peterson, you had a lot of these young guys who might be feeling a little, you know, uh, down and out, a little broken about what, like, is currently going on. And maybe maybe that's a common thing across generations from years ago, but who don't necessarily have, like, a lot of... Like maybe finding the right opportunities, job, what career-wise, relationship-wise, friendship-wise, guys that are not as you know uh, doing as well as they could be, and I think though that 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 group in in many different forms is well, is kind of the audience for Peterson. Yeah. I, I think you have are two they, kinds two kinds of men here. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think there's the kind of man um, nowadays who like is is sort of eschewing traditional male roles. Mm-hmm. All right, and then I think you have other men. And I think these are a lot of the nationalists who are trying to be men mm-hmm. in the traditional sense, okay. right? But they don't know how anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't, know, I don't know how true this is. They don't know exactly how to do what they, what they you know, like in, in a world filled with people telling them that they're like, they're evil, that they're terrible. That, and, and if you don't believe that that's what the, the message of the left is right now, which is very weird, then read that New York Times op-ed this week. Mm. Oh, the white guilt one. Yes. So, like, because I saw that, and I kind of, I, I, I kind of glanced at it, and I think I, I missed. It, 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 someone, sa- someone wrote into the New York Times. Someone that, wrote into the New York Times, was? and it is a hilarious letter. It is basically filled with intersectionalist tropes, 
Okay. And uh, and it's talking all about how like I am literally an inconvenience and terrible person to everybody. And you'd think the letters would be like, no, there's you've got the wrong idea. You know, like that's not quite what this is. In fact, no, the letters are like, yeah, you are an inconvenience to everybody. You need to embrace that inconvenience and empower people through it. Right. And like. It's just bad. The, the letter was like, I, I feel so guilty because I'm, I'm white. I'm, I'm privileged. White. Like, very, like, I'm so, I feel so bad. I feel so terrible. What can I do? And people, like, being like, you're, you're not feeling, it was almost you're as if they were bad saying enough. you're not feeling bad enough. Yeah. That, that, that's what I got, too. And I was like, you know, like, this makes sense to me. I understand the, 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 the powerful sort of message that someone like Jordan Peterson is, is, is uh, out there saying. Because, like, his entire message is you can improve by improving yourself. Versus the message being like you, you are in fact someone who's terrible and deplorable and 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 risible, and you you ought to really like embrace that risibleness, mm -hmm. and you should you should go off and you should like uh, use your risibleness and your self-loathing uh, to empower others in their you know it's it's like this weird hierarchy of of oppression right I mean we, that that's obviously what it is it's not my word. Um, but there is, in fact, sort of this hierarchy. And, like, I don't know what's being asked. Do you, like, do you sit at the bottom of it? So, like, right right now, white males are at the bottom of the hierarchy of oppression. And do they have to be there for a sufficiently long time to pay for their sins? And then whoever was at the top then has to go to the bottom? Right. Do we just have, like, this cycle where at the bottom is white males, at the top is, I don't know, like, black people uh, or something like that, and right above white males maybe is Asians? Right. And then, like, next time, like, it, once, once the black people have, like, oppressed the white people enough, then they go to the bottom and, like, someone else assumes the role to oppress the black people? I, like, I don't fucking know. Like, what happens here? Right. Because this cycle, well, this, well, this well. cycle of hierarchy is, hierarchical cycle of, like, uh, oppression is going to be very weird if it's carried out legally. <sighs> I find it hard to believe that, that that's going to happen, but then like you you see these things and it seems like that could that happen? Like like the, like some of these people are, are will legitimately propose like a tax on 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 privilege on privilege, yeah, because because you 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 have so many more advantages compared to everybody else. You asked you asked and it's such like a, and it, but 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 it goes down to the fundamental thing of like, do you want to be somebody who is going to give in to like being like I'm in a, I'm high up in a hierarchy and I need to move myself down. Or how about the message of moving yourself up in the hierarchy? Like, empower yourself. Like, get better. Like, for, forget all this political bullshit. Like, well, the, I mean, it, what's funny to me is... That, improve like, yourself. Uh, so Kurt Vonnegut writes a book about this. All right? I don't remember which book it is. It's more of an essay. And and it's it's literally... like I, I believe Kurt Vonnegut was a bit of a socialist himself. But, like, he, he's, he also recognized sort of the foibles of the like the the mentality and and what he what he writes a book about is people handicapping themselves like uh you know tall people like would strap weights to their bodies and uh short people would wear stilts and like everybody everyone equaled out they built they built themselves like an equal society through absolutely inane insane means where there was this notion in the book of like in fact we recognize that people are born unequal Mm -hmm. Everyone's got different talents. One talent uh, uh, might be being tall, right? That's that's a thing that like is innate, something mm -hmm. you can't really change. It's genetic, and like it is what it is. You're tall. Does that what, that comes with some problems? Um, probably some heart problems. It also comes with like uh, issues of uh, balance and whatnot. And and the people that sort of overcome that, build the muscle tone, they become basketball players, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have a really good shot at something like the NBA if you're tall, like a decent shot. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm short and fat. But like you, and you can't do it. You're you're short and muscular. So like you and I, like unless well, we're, we're not, like, well, well we're kind of short. We're short. We're shorter than seven foot. We're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not Polynesians. We're we're we're, we're <laughs> yeah. 
Is, are they the short ones? The pygmies? Like, oh, the, pig, the, 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 yeah, the pygmies the, of like New Guinea. Right, you're New Guinea. We're so, not like or, New, we're not New Guineans, right? Um, uh, but but yeah, like in in fact, th- there are there is a notion that there are people there is inequality that is built in, and I get that. That sucks. That mm. sucks for people. But like you know, in, in tr- like the world we live in, we've figured out where people can occupy spaces that like other people can't. Like if you're a basketball player, chances of you being a jockey are just not gonna happen, right? If you're a short jockey, chance of you being a basketball player are nil, mm-hmm. unless you're monkey books. Um, but like that's just that's the way society works. So like, how do you build a society where like there's equal opportunity for happiness and satisfaction, um, but not necessarily, and, and that allows everybody to like use those things that are sort of innate in them to achieve uh, achieve something, mm-hmm. right? Um, to produce and to whether it's entertainment or whether it's something else. Well, yeah. I mean, people, people, we, we they can find roles where they where they fit in versus just like, like you you got you got to play the cards that you're dealt, not burn all the cards, so that everyone has like an equal shot. Like, yeah, like, you don't you don't just burn the cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, so I, uh, in like issue like you know every, everybody has the same card. So you and I had a discussion this week about like what is intersectionality, and, and I think that's I mean like I don't want to make this the intersectionality podcast, but I do find this like. I, I see it creeping into every aspect of life. And we're going to talk a little bit about how it's even creeped into Bitcoin in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but I do think, I think it's, it's worth defining what it actually is. And, and as best as I can tell, intersectionality literally means uh, multivariate analysis with, with the ability to throw out inconvenient results. Okay. Can you expand on that a bit? Like, so, so like, like, so like if, if you have a, a result in science that says, I don't know, like... I don't know. The, the Sam Harris talks about the fact that like uh, Neanderthals are related to white people. There's you know a lot of a lot of white people have Neanderthal genes in them, and it's not you know. But but it could have been that Neanderthals were uh, the ancestors of black people, mm-hmm. right? And I think I think what would have happened had that occurred, and I think he's this is something Sam Harris says, and I think he's right about it, is that I think we would not have been allowed to discuss uh, Neanderthal DNA mm. at that point. I think that would have been one of those truths that, that like is inconvenient. It's actually not a big deal, but like people would have would have called it racist, a racist fact. Right. Because it's right. For just insane reasons. Like whether it's true or not, like it doesn't change. Well, it's funny that it's funny that Sam Harris said that because there's some guy that came, that did some study in the nineties that just found differences in IQ among race and didn't really it wasn't that he was like seeking that out, it was just something that kind of happened, right? And he was really uh, demonized by a lot of like the scientific community and thrown out just because he published some studies he did that showed differences in IQ and and he wasn't getting at like anything uh, he wasn't trying to say anything about it he was just like this is just what I found so like may- maybe there's a reason maybe this is not accurate but like we sh- we need to approach this in a science in, in a manner of like correct why, Ch- why is this the way this it is science, not right? this is racist we don't this is really offensive. Let's find out. Let's out. find like, out why those differences exist, and if they're genetic, that's interesting. If they're not genetic, then like, cool, we can fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can fix that, or maybe we don't want to fix it. Maybe it's worse. Mm-hmm. Maybe having a high IQ is terrible. Yeah, we've seen that with people. Like high IQ people tend toward like schizophrenia. Um, they they tend toward all sorts of like weird brain diseases. They have trouble adjusting in society. They are they are they are often like afflicted with weird. Uh, sort of psychological conditions like uh, sociopathy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but well, like well, may- maybe that's worse. Th- th- there's this um, Sandra something, Sandra O. Oh, she's a, she's an she's a sex scientist that was on Joe Rogan. I and she was her. also on like 
she's doing the rounds. Uh, the she, she, was, she was like, there, there's some studies to suggest that maybe homosexuality is affected by uh, testosterone exposure in the womb. And she was like, that's such a hard thing to study because, like, you, you're going to have a lot of people coming out and saying that, like, oh, you, you think you can, like, change gay people or you can, like, determine in advance, like, whether people are, like, of a certain orientation based off of, like, those things. And it's like, th- these things, these these questions should be asked and studied, not prevented well, just because more, more it's than politically. That, like, I, I, think, I think that there is this notion of, like, hypernormativity sort of, like, where we think that, like, a, a normal person is not gay or a normal person isn't transgender or something like that. And so, like, like there is the fear, I think, by, and I think it's a legitimate fear that you would go in and try to, like, adjust, um, you know, people's preferences in the womb like that, like, maybe expose them to more uh, testosterone or something like that. And, like, is that good? Again, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, we should at least have answers to these questions. Is that what causes uh, people to uh, express preferences for, like, males, if you're, if you're a man, uh, to be dating them, to be attracted to them? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I, maybe it's fine. I don't really know. But, like, it would be nice to have answers to those. And I do think that there are realms of science that, like, people find to be inconvenient. So we throw out the multivariate analyses of them. And I don't know where we put them because they still exist. They're still there. But they, they're somewhere else. Like, mm-hmm. they're just, like, floating in the ether as, like, facts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, I, I think that intersectionality, to me, all it means is that you take inconvenient results, inconvenient multivariate studies, and you throw them out. That, to me, and, and like, the rest of it is multivariate. Like, it seems to me that those who are, like, sort of intersectionalists discovered something very interesting, which is that there are many factors in almost every, in, in, in the, 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 the problems of outcomes. So like you have, the idea of intersectionalism is that there is, it's not just a problem with being black. It's a problem with being black and a woman and this and that. And, and there's like 10 different factors that cause X outcome. Mm-hmm. But that has been the argument of people on the right for years about things like gender pay gap. Mm-hmm. So like what I, what I see is like this weird sort of, realization of people and they need they need a different word than multivariate analysis because i don't know they want to throw out the inconvenient parts of it mm-hmm. that's all that seems that that's what it seems to me intersectionality is so this week in atlanta they actually did a blockchain event okay and there was a women's blockchain summit but just to clarify sort. this was this was like a very general blockchain thing not like a bitcoin specific one uh yeah i, th- okay, I believe okay. so so like there were there, they had a they had a, an intersectionality female uh, like in blockchain, like panel. Event. Yes. Uh, like okay. Led by it. this woman named Jazzy. I don't know much about her. Um, but what's funny is the she, reason that we just found out here. about it. Yeah, I bet she did. <laughs> the reason we found out about it is because Jazzy said the same thing that we had talked about a couple weeks ago, a couple shows ago, um, and we were told about this by uh, by a couple spies that we have in the organization uh. Uh, who said that what happened is Jazzy got up on stage. And she said that the reason that she's here is to bring more women into blockchain to make sure that men don't get all the money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, And so apparently there were a couple things that happened at this event. So uh, number one, uh, a guy stood up. There were only a few guys. Apparently there was a number of people who were fairly well-known, such as Jeffrey Tucker in the room, and a a bunch of other men that sort of uh, went into this room. It cost money to go to the event, which Mm -hmm. blew my mind. And (laughs) was the event... Intersectionalist, or was it just the panel right now that they were? Interse- it was like it, it was an intersectionalist panel on blockchain. Okay, and and it sounds like it was just inane. Like they were not, 
they were like apparently someone asked a question like what is an altcoin and they said anything that is not bitcoin or bcash or litecoin or zcash or and then like ethereum what? or and they had like a <laughs> long list of altcoins that are not bitcoin and they they just like answered them cuz like it, that's a convenience thing but they they clearly didn't know anything about this so one of the guys stood okay. up his name's, uh, I guess, uh, well, I'm not going to give his name, but like he stood up in the event and said, hey, I'm here in Atlanta. I, I help a lot of people take on uh, sort of the challenges of like understanding blockchain. I, I think he says I teach seven people at a time and I actually have a couple spots open. I would love for one of you to come and join me and I can help you with this. And what happened is Jazzy started shouting him down, telling him that he's a man. They don't need help from men. Wow. That they, that they, they called security on him. They called, they called security on him to remove him from the room. Are you serious? Yes. For offering to help. Yeah. Bring anybody in that wants it. Anybody. To learn more about this, about this technology. Apparently, a woman stood up and said, I, I just wanted to say, I am, uh, I have been in blockchain a little while now, and I've, I've only ever, ever seen men in this space help. That's all that I've ever experienced, is men are willing to and want to help more than in any tech-type uh, organization I've ever seen, which I think is true. I think that the men here have done very well to like really want to reach out and help the women. And I think it's because we like women here. We all do. And, uh, and, and well, that's always the thing. Men, men are, we, we love Bitcoin. We love talking about Bitcoin. We, we want love, to talk about it. The, we, the, we've the, talked about, we love talking we about it so much. That we've, we, so that many we've of us have like had much. dates where like we have like had dates walk out on us because we talk about it too much. Uh, girls leave men for talking about Bitcoin. You see this on the subreddit all the time where like someone walks down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and their woman like, uh, their woman, <laughs> their wife, like goes on Reddit and is like, "My husband's been co-opted by aliens," and, like, <laughs> and she'll like she'll like beg like our finance or something like that to like talk some sense into him. Oh yeah, the, remember like that financial, one? That the was financial like, advice subreddit. Yeah, and like they're all like, "Oh, your husband. Oh, you gotta leave him." Yeah, <laughs> and we're all like, "Yeah, we've all been there." Yeah, well, I probably know that guy. Yeah. Then so we've seen that, and and like all all that we want, and this is an honest, heartfelt thing. All that we want are some women to come here who will sit down and listen to us so we can all stop being incels. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think that the, like, the biggest problem in Bitcoin is that we're all celibate. And I don't think, I don't like, at first I think that we all like were regretting it. We were wondering if this is the way to go. And then we realized like, you know what? I like Bitcoin more than I like my wife or my girlfriend or dating. Mm -hmm. And so we were just like, that's fine. I like this. This is okay. So like Bitcoin has occupied a space for us. It's nice. But you know what's really nice and better than Bitcoin? Having women around. We all want that. It's not something that we don't want. A lot of people want that. Yeah. Who doesn't want that? Well, Eric you, Voorhees wants that. Well, well you can get women. That's why, that's why TLC is here. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Lane Casserole is here because we want anybody, anybody who will listen to us talk about Bitcoin, even if, like, what they believe is nut or butter. Yeah. And, like, that's fine. That's what we want. We really, it, really want that. Uh, we are desperate for it. We're so desperate. <laughs> I'll agree in that, like, it's, it's nice finding a woman who is very interested in this technology and in this type of thing that, that is generally interested in it beyond... I think, I think of the women in the space that I really like. I, I see Adela. Adela's great. She's been here longer than almost any man. Sasha Hotter, she's a new one. Her name indicates that she's hot. And she is, and well, she's well, a I lawyer. Think she, I think she goes by Sasha Hodler. She's she because she's she going by Hodler now. I think well, she should go by Hotter because she's hot, <laughs> or maybe she's Hod. 
<laughs> she can be she she can she can be a hodler and she can be hot. And so. she's she does law. She does blockchain law. Okay. Which which is fine. Yeah. She's like the David Silver of women. Oh, okay. But not as rich. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and I you know she's a very she's very nice. Well, I like her. Yeah. And you know what she's great? What's great about her is she's interested in the subject. She spends all of her time trying to learn about it. Mm -hmm. She's late to the subject matter, and she's humble and spends her time talking about it and learning about it. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a kind. That's the kind of woman I want here. Well, that's a good model for the type of women we'd like to see more up here. Not uh, hot, hot, and interested. Not, yeah. not, <laughs> <laughs> not, not this panel that seems to have occurred. Well, no, in I, you know. Here's the thing. Like, I, what, Sasha does a, 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 a podcast, which I think I'm going to go on this week, uh, or maybe next week, or maybe in ten weeks. I don't know. But uh, she asked yeah. me if I wanted to do it. Um, Sasha does a podcast, and okay. I think she, I think she does it with DJ Skrilla even. And she just, oh. all she does is explore the topic. I don't think she, like, is complaining about not being number one number one lawyer. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's complaining about that. I don't think that she's, like, telling everyone that she knows what blockchain is and, you know, she doesn't. I think she's just exploring. Mm -hmm. I like that. I think that's what you got to do when you get here. Otherwise, you end up in, like, the Vitalik Buterin camp where, like, you, uh, you, you, you follow, like, gods. Mm. I don't think she's following gods unless she's, maybe she's following me. I'm a god. <laughs> she, <laughs> you're, you're the god. You're, like, you're, Sasha, a, blockchain, I you, I find you're you, a blockchain. I find deity. you to be hard, <laughs> hard, and maybe intelligent. I don't know yet. <laughs> but like, uh, but but no, I, I do I do think I do think that there is a a, a big risk in um, running into sort of this like world of uh, oracles and um, and gods, mm -hmm. demagogues, gods. Andreas Antonopoulos is. Mm -hmm. Did you, he, he said this week that the ETF is bad for Bitcoin because ETF. Well, hold on. But, but this this panel, okay? Like, fine. Just cut off the Andreas discussion. Fine. No, well, I'm kidding. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Andreas. I don't want. I don't. I don't even want anymore. I don't even wanna. Well, but like, <laughs> but the fact that they shouted down that guy is like, it's also what's also interesting about it is like, I don't. I don't think they're here to learn. Oh, so the response, the response to the woman that said that men have been nothing but helpful. Do you know what it was? What was it? Apparently, it was a black woman who who said this, which is great. And and Jazzy, the, the, the one the, that stood up and said, yeah, they've been okay. Jazzy, the woman on the panel, she said. Okay, and then they moved on. That was the response. That was, that was the response. Yeah, which is so. There's a narrative that there that, that this girl Jazzy is mm -hmm. trying to to purport. I think she's going to get a lot of play because her entire thing feels like falls right into the intersectionalist like Helen uh, Powell bullshit. Mm -hmm. Well, it, I mean, you think that she's going to like she, she's gonna, this this person might become more. I, you, you're going to see. I her think more that often. we're going to see her as a spo in the because way that we the, saw. One of the, 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 the things about being a Bitcoin Tina, whatever well, her name. One is. of the things about being a Bitcoin maximalist or whatever maximale is, is that I feel like you you'll you, like. There's got to be a Queen the, the, song we can sing about Bitcoin maximalism. The general is it super gay? Uh, oh, like a oh. being a maximalist wait, wait, wait. is like super gay. You're, hold on, you're going too fast for me. The, yeah. the, the band, the band Queen. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, it might be super gay, but it's also super like I don't know what else is going on all the time in like the general blockchain like, space. I like, and, like to this type of ride shit. my big blockchain. <laughs> I like to ride the we blocks. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, uh, that would be great. I'm trying to think of more. I'm trying to think of more Queen songs. It's not kind of ahead. There's, a, there's, there's uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, what's the, what's Bohemian what's, a, wait, what's what's one about um about fat chicks? What's the Queen song about fat what? chicks? Yes. Um, 
I big see bow. a little silhouette uh, of a chain. Big got a mush, got a mush. Yeah, well, that's 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 Bohemian Rhapsody, but big 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 bottom girls is that the name big of the song? Big bottom girls. Big bottom girls, they make my rockin' world go round. You big, big bottom blocks. Girls. You big, big bottom blocks. You can do that with big blockchain <laughs> girls. I think that's the name of the song. Big blockchain girls. That. That'd be big good. blockchain yeah. girls. Oh yeah, but it's I, big block. Big block girls. Big block girls. Yeah. yeah. Big oh, block I like girls. That. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's. I like. I think that's a Queen song. I like big blocks and I cannot lie. There's so many. There's so many. That's the thing. Like I, I just. I, all I see is a world of parody. I feel like. I feel like the Weird Al Yankovic of blockchain. Only I gotta like. He's he's more prolific than me. Like he, uh, Weird Al Yankovic can like come up with like these uh, songs left and right. I feel like he spends his whole day thinking about it. Yeah. And I sadly do not. But I, I do. I do want fat bottom girls. Fat that's the name of the girls. song. Yeah. I maybe, was close. Maybe that's about well. It's about fat bottoms. asses, but it's Is not it? really. Well, you think fat bottomed? Like I don't know, because they were super gay. Well, sort of like Bitcoin maximalism. <laughs> 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 no, I always say like having interests is like gay. That's that's that, and I don't mean that in the pejorative sense. I just mean it's like effeminate. Well, it's like. It, yeah, like I, you know, like like having a, having an opinion about what the best bike is is super effeminate, which I'm okay <laughs> with. But like, it's the best bike. It's just the best one. Yeah. You know, like I just I think it's I think it's fine. But uh, but it is it is super <laughs> effeminate, and I don't know why that is. I don't know why having interest because like, I think I think men are like one gigabyte. What's that? That's what I think about my car mechanics too. Like I love my car. I just, just love taking the engine out and like filling it with oil. <laughs> like, like, I don't know why it's so. I don't know why that that is so funny to me. But like I just I've always thought that about interests. I'm like I, I love amusement parks, and you're like, oh god, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it like. That's that's the part. That's that to me is like the the part where men like uh, go in the effeminate direction. Like when they like hyper focus on like one thing. I really they become betas. I, the, the, in in a, that in that area. It's a beta, in that area. It's, it's a beta move, I bro. Just love Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> like I I love guns. Yeah. <laughs> Cleaning them, shooting them, downloading them, downloading guns. <laughs> Printing them <laughs> off on my 3D printer. <laughs> I just love guns. What's your favorite gun? You know, <laughs> I don't know why that's such a. It's, it's, it just seems very. It's, it seems very gay. Yeah. I love Bitcoin mining. <laughs> you know, there's just so many. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the this this panel in Atlanta to me was like I, I I heard about it. I was just like this this is fucking crazy because I think that's a direction. I, I think that what the thing is this. I think that people don't realize how bad intersectionality is. Mm-hmm. And I, I generally, again, like, I try not to, I try not to fall into ideological buckets uh, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, th- th- there are times when I, I do have, like, ideological cringitude where I look at something and I'm like, cringitude. ugh. Cringitude's a word. Okay. Maybe not. But yeah, like we can make it. <laughs> I, I, there's like ideological cringitude associated with this. I just look at it like you re- you realize that you just said all white people are just terrible. Yes. Like uh, okay. So you know you said that. Uh huh. Okay. Like I just I, I cannot get behind an ideology like that because you know it's racist. Yeah. It's 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 bad and it's not. It, it, it's not something it takes up all like what I think is funny well, about intersectionality is that it takes all of the isms yeah. and wraps them into one blanket and makes it okay because you're all of you, like you're, you're like I am all of the isms I'm anti man I'm anti white I'm like you know like so you're sexist you're 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 racist mm-hmm. you're like all of the isms 
and it just wraps them into one thing. And you're just kind of like, why is it okay for you? You're like, well, because I believe in power structures. Like, yeah. Okay. So all the things that we used to call isms that we like acknowledged and decided were bad, you can be, as long as you're like an intersectionalist. Well. Is the way to combat this just to embrace it and to start defining what the hierarchy looks like? No, because, I think it's. I because think the way think to combat I, is is genocide. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you kill all the intersectionalists. Well, well, why? Well, why not? Why not? We just start like deciding amongst that, like who who's lower on the list: white women or black men? Or bl bl that's uh, what they do. Bl bl like is Hispanic men or like Asian women. That's what they do. It's a power structure. Well, do we do we do we have them embrace that so they start fighting amongst they are embracing lower it. on the break? That's my point is like I've I've said this numerous times on the show and other places like the the inevitable conclusion of intersectionality is that it implodes. Has to. Or or just creates to, a really they have to eat themselves because like there, there's there's a curious problem here. Like you see Helen Powell, who's like an intersectionalist, right? She's talking about like how you know microaggressions and blah blah blah, and uh, and she takes over Reddit and then she applies this like intersectional attitude to like running the company, which 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 really honestly lasts like four months and then she's gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, like she has a big problem. She's Asian. She's higher. She's higher up on the hierarchy than a lot of the than. Or she's like at the top of the hierarchy. Yeah, I don't think that Asians realize this yet. Asians that are supporting this are going to have a very rude awakening when they find out that they make more money, they do better than most of America. Well, that was that was with that sex scientist that was on Rogan, the, the woman I mentioned earlier. She was the one that actually wrote the article about how Asian people were discriminated against at Harvard for their applications. But what she there, said, there's actually there's she actually said that a lot of the Asian community multivariate multivariate analysis shows that in order to get into an Ivy League school. Your SAT score as an Asian uh, will be evaluated at around 200 points higher than anybody else's. You have to have instead of a 1400 or a 15. I don't know what the number is now. It's probably. I bet it's like 15. To get into an elite college, yeah. you have to you have to have whatever normal people have plus 200 points in order to get in there as an Asian, or or in order for that score to be evaluated as good. Right. Which is insane and racist. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, like, I mean, that that to me, I, I hear about that. Like, I, I watch that stuff, and like, I, that's been the case for a very long time. And I don't know how I don't know how you combat it. I don't. Maybe it's better. I always say this. Maybe it's better. Someone convince me, because like, it doesn't seem better. It doesn't seem better that a man can't ask a question in a blockchain conference. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem better to me that like you are allowed to have all female panels, but all male panels are are demonized mm. and called out on Twitter. It doesn't seem better. That seems like the road to perdition. It's it, it it's a it seems like a very bad road. But and what by, do I know? I'm just a, I'm just a black transgendered female. Right. But like I've always thought that this was just like the extreme fringes. But I started, but you see it more and more and more. Some like I started following developers on Twitter that are doing these conferences. Okay, like for example, RustConf is going on right now. It's a conference about the Rust language, whatever. And like some it's of these people on Twitter were slow burning were, cars. were like demonizing people because like they're like, why aren't why aren't there more black people on panels? Why aren't there more women? And it's like this is a community where everybody's more than welcome to show up and contribute and do whatever. And it it, it like that's why like they just they just haven't showed up. Everybody's done more. You, 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 it's as if you can't do enough to get these types of people. Well, dude, I, dude, the, the, and, and the, the weird it, thing is this. And in this, a is market not, this, economy, is this is not an extreme area. Here's my question. Do you think that there's a value to having, like, in a, in a, in a world like this, where people will attack you for not having black people or women at your conference, um, 
in, in a place where you think that you're being egalitarian, do you think that there's a market value for black people who will get paid to be like the token black person in a project? Or women who will get paid to be the token female in a project? There, I mean, there, maybe. Because I think that that's the inevitable outcome of that. Well, I think that's what, I think that's, but isn't that why like maybe some people, well, it's also caused a lot of like weird, um, weird thought and like kind of even tension among the workplace because like if this guy's, if this, if, the, if a black guy's hired, for example, is he hired because he has the skill and the talent or because the company needed like a black person? I, I don't think that there's many people who hire based on like needing uh, quotas met, right? I think that people try to hire the best candidate. But I do, I do think that there's a weird problem here where like you look at a conference and, the, uh, and, and your operating assumption is that the people who organize the conference are sexist, racist, you know, bigots, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, like how many, how many categories Am I going to have to pay attention to as a person who's organizing conferences? What if we find like do I have to do I have to have enough gay people, right. trans trans people, like do I have to have black people, Asians, white people, uh, Polynesians, Bangladeshis, like what like how many categories mm -hmm. do I have to be? To, There's not enough to, North Koreans at this conference to. Yes, <laughs> but like well, I told you what this yeah. is when I was at, when I was in but college. There's a group called the Third World Transition Program, okay. which in its own is a, the, the most offensive name in the history of humanity. But this, <laughs> the, which is funny, <laughs> and, and you can look it up. I think it's probably still called the Third World Transition Program. They have a pro, a, a, a place at Brown. It's called the the Third World Center. And it's it's oh, where I think you've mentioned this to me before. Oh yeah. Well, um, like well, not, not not what you're about to say, but like the fact that that center even exists. Oh, the third. Which world is center. funny. They still call it third world because I thought like you'd think these people would have moved on from that term because it's 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 somewhat offensive. Oh, it's hugely well, offensive. I'm not offended by it, but I think these people would be offended by it. Like, why isn't it the developed like the undeveloped? They're, they're not calling it the Brown Center for Students of Color, so I guess they uh they they've changed it. Well, because you can't <laughs> say the brown center for students of color because it implies you're talking about their but, color. So it used, to, it used to be called. That's a funny name. It used to be called the Third World Center, and and now, but under the under the Brown uh, Center for Students of Color, they have a thing called the Third World Transition Program, which is a one or two week uh, class where you go before before school starts. If you're a student of color. You go in order to learn how to adapt to an all-white campus. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What does that even mean? Like, <clears throat> what, what? What do they? What? Like, the like, third world. Here's this. Welcome to Brown. You belong here. The third world transition program at Brown University. The third world transition program welcomes new students to Brown with three days of workshops and community building programs that center around the student of color experience by exploring systems of oppression and influence uh, that influence us every day, such as racism, classism, uh, cis-sexism. That's a new one, cis-sexism. Cis-sexism. And sexism, imperialism, ableism, and heterosexism. We hope to provide a foundation for the resistance and social change. During TWTP, we call on all participants. So it's, it's a center that helps you learn how to be an activist. Oh, God. They give students resources. It's funny because, like, the idea of the program is to help students transition from, like, uh, black culture into, like, uh, you know, elite top university, like, high-end culture um, in a way that, like, allows them to... to and, and you want to talk about, like, what, what it is that causes a lot of people to, like, adopt these weird indoctrination programs? Like, this is what you do before you're a freshman at Brown. Well... 
these college kids are going through these types of programs and they're they're being like put through this ideology. Well, they're, they're, so white students often will go to this thing and they'll have they'll have exercises where they'll have people go around and they'll have them like identify the oppressor in the room. Really? Oh yeah. So if you're a white guy, they they point at you. You you have to like you, deal, you're, you're deal the with your oppressive nature. Oh God. Yeah. That's that sounds terrible. It is terrible, and it's him. fucked up as as a well as a female uh-huh. and uh, an African American myself. It's, it's convenient. It's convenient. <laughs> like, I remember going to one of these. Pro- so I went to I went to so a it, TWTP, a third world transition program uh, uh, event at Brown, and they they put up on a page like name the people. Uh, they they asked the group name the people who are ahead of your community. And so everyone was shouting out names. And I, I yelled out Ted Haggard, who at the time was going through like a, a big, uh, he was, he's a Christian evangelical, who at the time was going through this big uh, sex scandal where he like was having sex with gay prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, I just put it out there because I thought it was funny. And they write his name on the board, Ted Haggard. So they, this is a open volunteer, volunteer um, uh, thing where you, you yell names out and they just, they wrote them on the board. We did it. And then what happens is an Asian woman raises her hand and she says, I'm offended by the fact that there are no East Asians on that board. And I'm like, you fucking made the list. You just had to shout one out, you dick. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like this, this to me is becoming a weirdly pervasive ideology that I just don't like. But that's... Uh, that's uh, it's just insane to me that that well, was a thing. For me, it's Bitcoin. Up, it's what's insane is that, is that like it's it's showing up here. Well, I thought that this was I thought that we were free and clear of this shit, but we're not. No, it's it, it, well. It seems like it's coming in. I mean, it, it's entering. It's finding its holes. What's fucked about your example is that like you didn't just graduate from Brown. This was years ago. So these Ivy League schools have been like doing this type of thing for a long time. Oh, a long, long. And time. I mean, you've said this before. Like it's been on university campuses it's, it's, for some this time. This is age old. Like, and what's fucked up is that like Ivy League is where a lot of like these. People are pulled from that end up in like leadership positions and make like policy decisions and make like corporate decisions and like end up influencing heavily, maybe more than like your average person. I am amazed at the speed with which uh, and that this this ideology came to pass in like normal society. Though generally, a lot of this stuff like stays in college campuses, right? But this is like leaked. Something leaked. Well, I mean, our, our community. And it's like two years. But Everyone agrees with it. In like we, two years. Well, we live in a time where like information gets like. Uh, sent out quicker, kind of, right? Like, me, me, like, sure, but I don't know how people went from thinking. Like, I look at this ideology and I think to myself, like, oh, that's a really bad idea. What is it that switched in everyone's minds that like made a huge portion of the population think this was a good thing to like uh, think about? Well, maybe, maybe it was. So, maybe it's social media. Maybe that is the the blame because maybe the same people that came from those colleges from like a decade or so ago okay. are running these companies, and my, they happen to be the companies where like here's my question: Sean. a lot of the internet is. What is it on. about your thinking and my thinking? That makes us think this is a bad idea. And what is it about other people's thinking that makes them think it's a good idea? Because I think that's the crux of the question well, here. Like, I, I, it, maybe it's a good idea. Like I why, don't know. Why, why, why do we think this is bad? Why do they think it's, it might actually be like... Why? And, well, and, and that, what is that it may that, be the weird question. Like, are we wrong? Like, that's, is it, that's the question you should always be asking. Well, it is. But like, it, in this case specifically, are we, like, are we behind the times? Are we... Is this... Is is the that's, where the that's that for me that's is like, where the world is moving like this is actually like the, the there's this the, amazing the book, there's this amazing book called Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe and it's and it's uh, I think we've talked about it a couple times but like the, the the premise of the book is that like this African nation um, has these American Christians come and like and and just convert 
everybody. Mm -hmm. They build a church, the whole society changes, their like spear chucking habits disappear, and like everyone starts attending church. Um, <clears throat> then there's an older guy in the book, and he's he has trouble with the transition. His child becomes a Christian, and everybody around him just their their entire culture disappears. The animism is gone. Everything just goes away. And he doesn't know how to handle it, right? Mm -hmm. he, he believes in clinging to the old ways. And he, he takes the old ways, and he becomes more and more depressed, more and more isolated, and kills himself. So it's a wonderful book with a very happy ending. And, uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the ending. That's the ending. And, uh, and he, he kills mm -hmm. himself. And the reason is, is because he just can't deal with the change. And that's what I'm wondering. Well, it's like, like he doesn't want to live in a world where like that's gone, right? And I think that that's a story of every generation. And so, like, the question is: is, is it, with every generation, is this better or is this worse? And I look at this and I think to myself, like, this is much, much worse. Like, this is scarily bad. But then I wonder: am I? Is, is this the Christians coming and like telling me that this is better? And in fact, it is better. And, 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 and my problem is that I am so caught up in my, like, old ways that I just can't see it. And I don't think that's the case. But I'm scared if it is. Mm. Because, like, this is a society that I can't adapt to. Right. And there has to be a lot of people like me. Well, I think the people listening here... I think all of you are that well, but, kind but, of but, person. But, but I, I agree with you for the most part. I think a lot of people that we see agree. I mean, I mean, some of the censorship stuff that happened on Twitter. A lot of these people moving over to like this map, like a Mastodon platform. Right. Like I, it's all the thing we fundamentally agree, tend to agree upon is like going back to like freedom of speech is important. Like censoring the stuff is not is not the right way. to I go. think those things are important. And, yeah. And like this world of like of like political oppression and like uh, weird intersectional politics seems. The wrong way to go. It seems bad, and there's a lot of people that are seem responsive to some of the people that are saying that are coming out against this type of right. thing, like the Peterson types, like like I guess like the intellectual dark web, whatever whatever you want to call it. Like there is a big audience there. There's a lot of people that are on the side of no, this is wrong, but like we're having we're, we're having like this battle or something. Well, I don't know what's going on, and, and it really it really scares me, but it also like. I, I don't know how to deal with it, and it it's very odd to me that this is the direction that things are going. I don't know what to do with it, and I, I also, like, I'm sure that they make good points. Mm. I'm sure that, like, we, you know, we have these, like, there are, there are people who are oppressed, and we need to, like, I, in my opinion, we need to care about them. I'm not, like, I, I think that, I think that, like, well, Dante, for example, mm -hmm. will, will, has regularly accused me of being a leftist. And, uh, and then I think that there's other people who will listen to, to a show like this and say, like, I'm a, a right-wing crazy. And I, I, think, I think that I'm neither. I try very hard to, like, sort of come up the middle and, like, at least think about both sides. There aren't many ideas that I will tell you that I think are really, really bad ideas. I'd rather explore them than, like, you know, cast judgment on them. But, like, fucking, hey, this one I, I have a lot of trouble with. Mm. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what it is that causes people to think very differently about this issue. What am I missing? Right. What am I missing? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know how you have people who are actually like willing to engage in that conversation and think about these things. And, well, you should and engage they, in it at least, right? Well, but what I mean is like who, like who, what, what is what? If you are missing something, like what, what is that, and who's who, who can make that case? Like what, what, like 
the bigger the bigger problem for me is that I really thought that we were safe from this as Bitcoiners. Mm-hmm. I thought that this was like not a not going to be uh, a thing in Bitcoin. But as I'm watching this shit, like with the jazzy stuff coming into like the Atlantic blockchain, it, it, it's clear to me that it is it is infiltrating. Mm. Well, but like those women too, like they want to be here to be here. But you're gonna have an Andreas Antonopoulos who's gonna support them. Yeah, that's right. He's the, he's the loudest male voice in the space, and he's going to be all over that. And and for the reason that he's a, in my opinion, he's he's a giant. Like he's he's going to support whatever they say. He's a sexist. He wants to like well, support he, these women yeah. and their mentality for no reason other he, than that he like wants to support the women in the space. But he, like their mentality is bad. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, and there's a lot of guys out there who do support this. Yeah. They they like really support it, and they they they'll they'll fight you about it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. I don't like it. Anyhow, um, this week, in, I saw Francis Pouillard uh, tweeted about some mining shit. I, I love that he tweeted this great. out because a lot of the, some of this shit's in French because it's in like the Montreal area. Yeah. Francais um, but this one, this one was great because it's like every week there's something new in my in the in the mining world up in Canada. Totally, that like I hate like I hate to like. Like it totally validates like all of the things. So like, this wasn't uh, in, this was a mining operation in Canada that uh, was in that Quebec region. We we talked about this a few weeks ago actually. That like the 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 region was like we yeah. can't have you here. Yes, this is eating up the electrical Please cost. Please go. This is bad. Gets out. So they left. Gets out. And you know where they went? Yeah, New York. They went. <laughs> they went down the river on the other side of the border to New York, in the they area that went receives down to the river to mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that song. No? What, what, what were you saying? What was Down it? to the river to pray. Down to the river to pray. Do, 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 good old way in who do, 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 do. Is that a Christian good song? Lord, show me the way. It's from like, it is a Christian song, but it's like out of, uh, what's that, what's that uh, fucking movie? The one, the, the Odyssey. Uh, good Brothers, Bad Brothers. Oh, the, oh, the, the, one, the, the where they're they're coming out of jail. It's supposed to be yeah. like an Odyssey. Type. What's it called? What's, it, what's that <gasps> movie? George Clooney's in yeah, it. Yeah, that's the one. I can't think of the name of the movie. God damn it! You're so stupid. <laughs> you can't remember the name of the movie either. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. That that one. Maybe we could turn that into a blockchain song. Yeah, we'll, we'll explore that idea. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they went to a place in New York that has an agreement. With that, yeah, but the Canadian province Which to receive great. the benefits. So they just got all the same benefits. They got in New York, right? So they suck in Canadian subsidies out of New York. They are, <laughs> but that's really interesting because now, if they wanted, if there was a change in that, the Canadian government has to like make might have to change their agreement with New York. So here's the other thing about so it. So like, okay, a- answer me this, everybody who's told me that mining isn't mobile. Do you still believe that? Mm. Because they just up it. They up and moved very quickly, in a matter of days. Yeah, they just up and moved out. Yeah, they moved very quickly. Yeah, another so another. So don't just tell me that mining isn't easily moved. Because that isn't what some people say. Yes, that like that, like the cost to move is going to outweigh like, like, it, the decision I'm like, to uh-uh, do it. Uh-uh, not a chance. No, this shit is easy to move. Well, then what they'll tell you is that they just went down the road. But like they still move their entire operation just a few like what, what, once you're moving, just a few miles. Once you're moving, the difficulty of moving farther isn't harder. 
Mm-hmm. You just keep moving. If you have like a big truck filled with your miners and you move them down the road a mile, why didn't you just move them 20 miles or 100 miles or 10,000 miles? Right. It doesn't take that much the co- more effort. The cost of moving something like that is actually just in the, the initial cost, move. Right. The cost of moving is getting things yeah. loaded up and getting them ready to go. Right. That's yeah, that's true. That, yeah. That, 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 exactly. The difficulty wasn't huh. the distance. It's the move. Yeah. Dumb dums. But it's funny because, Idiots. like, I want to see what happens here. Because now you're, now, now you're in New I just like York. this. I love this. This is a great one. So they're pulling <laughs> Quebecian subsidies out of Quebec using New York, yeah. which is great. I love this. So now they found a way to not mine in the backyard of Quebec, but still, <laughs> still get the subsidies. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Niagara. Yeah. Which is, that, that, that's, that's funny. But it, it, it paves the way for some of these mining operations to move to countries that, like, get, like, some of these government subsidies. So, like... For example, in Asia, China is doing a lot of work with like neighboring countries to expand infrastructure because they want to make that investment. So, like even the weird event in the future where China like starts clampering down on mining, you'll they just go to like Russia or, or like North or, like, Korea, Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan, weird or Kirk- Mongolia, Kyrgyzstan, or Tibet or something. Tibet, maybe some undiscovered territory. Yeah, <laughs> something. Yeah, undiscovered. <laughs> undiscovered. <laughs> I plant my flag in the mountains. Right. Um, <laughs> There'll be some weird mountain some weird, of yeah, like, like, like in the middle, like <laughs> like there's a there was a rainforest there that no one had ever been with like new unique animals that no one has ever seen, and they just kind of like <laughs> go and decimate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mining. Oh my god. Oh, uh, so then the other thing that happened in mining was that there was a uh, there was a bomb threat called in uh, in a mine in Norway because the noise level <laughs> was so bad and that was the bomb that was what the bomb threat was about it was it was uh, noise complaints over the sound of mining operations from local residents has been an issue and uh, apparently um, so someone's like I'm very adept at building bombs I'm gonna bomb you well I think they were like it's too loud shut up they called in like we're gonna or bomb, bomb you, you don't stop yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I don't know what kind of bomb they would use. But this reported that like the mining company has been having meetings with uh, people in the city that they're in. The problem with mining is it's a drone and it goes all the time. Yeah. It's like <laughs> just for like hours, twenty four yeah. hours a day. Yeah. But like that's another that's another thing that like makes people not want to have mine in their could backyard. You, could you like, imagine like, never being able? A, right? Could you? I mean, like, a, have you been in a house where like there's a, a dryer going and you like it's just kind of background noise, and then it turns off and everything in the house gets louder, and you're like, whoa, yeah, I didn't realize how loud that dryer was. Yeah. If, if think about if you lived in a place where you constantly had to talk like this because there was a dryer in the background that you could never turn off, that would be amazingly terrible. Mm-hmm. And that's hilarious. Yeah. It's, that is funny. Nobody it's wants funny mining the, in their backyard. I've been trying to noise, tell you this. It's funny that the noise pollution is so bad that it like it goes gotta, to like extremes. You have of this. to put it into shitty countries. That's would, what you need to do with your miners. Yeah. And if you're a person who like lives in these countries, get the miners out. I'm telling you, it, it like mining is just effective as effective in, Ch- in in China, China, as it is in like uh, Chicago. Yeah. Just that in Chicago, it's more expensive. Yeah. And, it, and more likely to die of gunshot wounds. Yeah. Well, you just need to. <laughs> But the mining is just so bad. Like, like, you're. I mean, you're right. Like, the crypto vault is the I, company that. I don't know what arguments people are going to make against that. And like, well, we've heard them. Um, we have, but it, like, 
I'm I, I'm not saying we're that seeing, like I'm not saying seeing. that like like you like minors shouldn't take advantage of this. What I'm saying is like I wouldn't want minors in my backyard, and I don't think you should want them in yours. Yeah. That's my that's my assessment because I, I know what mining sounds like and looks like, and like I feel bad uh, for anybody that has to live in that shit. I bet it ends up in Africa. I, that'd be funny because China's making a lot of. Uh, Investment in like you know what's really African funny countries? is Larry Summers wrote a paper years ago that we needed to export all of our like like uh, terrible production to places like Africa and India, like our pollution essentially like export pollution to those places. Right, and he got about chastised this. Yeah. for it like crazy. It was one of the like first super controversial. Pa- it would be really funny to me if Bitcoin is the means whereby we export our pollution to these countries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Oh, that'd be so funny. I can't It'd be wait. really funny if he was just right, 100% about that. Yeah. Well, what's funny is, like, I think we're still in the early stages of some of this mining stuff. Speaking of pollution, when did straws become evil? Have you noticed that lately? That happened. What oh, yeah. What the fuck? I, like, I'd like my straw. This is, like, some weird California thing. I, I, everywhere now. It happens so fast. I'm seeing everywhere get rid of straws. Like, even here? Everywhere. You know what I think is going on is I think a lot of these countries are, like, East Coast or West Coast companies. So, like, these ideas that pervade these places that are, like, what we would think of as radical end up making their way down here. So, like, or or in other places. Like, Starbucks will probably get rid of straws or something like that. And they're they're replacing them with these, like, uh, compostable paper straws that taste, not surprisingly, like paper. Oh, surprise! <laughs> like, well, so so now, well now instead of plastic in the oceans, we're just burning trees. We're just destroying. That's what the I want to know. Is like, why is it that you can destroy trees? I thought that was a big issue a few years ago. Now, like, that's right. okay because the paper is compostable, but like the straw thing is a problem. So, like, what are we? I guess you just get rid of straws altogether. I know, guess you make them. Out well, of do we do we need straws? I, I guess I guess we kind of do. I, you don't need them, but um, I don't want to put my mouth on it. I think you need straws because I think Starbucks, they have a huge liability if they didn't have drinks with straws on them. Because of well, the wh- hot coffee, which you drink through a straw. Which might increase if people are like <laughs> sipping on it and like spilling on themselves. And then they may have, I don't know. Dude, no one drinks coffee through a straw. Oh, yeah. Well, You're so stupid. I am kind of stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, duh. They have the sippy cup <laughs> things. Wow, I am a moron. You're so dumb. Well, sometimes I, I have ideas and then I don't really think them through. There's got to be more and plastic then I do and I'm in like, those oh, I'm not too bright. Yeah, no, sometimes you're real stupid. That was yeah. That's a dumb one. That's a real dumb one. That's like one of the dumber yeah. things I've I, ever those, said. Those plastic cup tops have to use a, like more plastic than a straw. They got to. Oh, yeah. Because those, well, yeah, those things are full of plastic. Why, why don't you ban those? Why don't you just ban anything plastic? Just ban, ban plastics. Yeah. Ban them. Just like goodbye plastics. Yeah. I, there's a lot of work on plastics. I think that like people have like been developing uh, like bacterium. That bacteria that like eats plastic. Well, what what, what is the big thing that happened where we decided that plastic is like really 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 bad? Well, the thing with plastic is that plastic doesn't degrade in the ground. Right. So like you throw it in a, a, a landfill, it's there like eight hundred years later. You know, mm-hmm. it's still there. <laughs> like you could still you should still drink through that straw. <laughs> well, I think and I wonder I if th- your mouth herpes remain on it. I think I think you also ha- yeah because you get mouth herpes from like a guy from the 1700s by like grabbing a straw from like uh, the, the landfill down here because that'd be funny. Uh, it'd be funny. You get like 200 year old mouth herpes. Historical herpes. Historical in, in, history herpes. History herpes. Uh, what was that period called? What was I think it was romantic, called the, the romantic, her, herpes period. The herpes period. The herpetic. Like the like the mid to late 1800s. Yeah. The industrial like revolution era. Speaking of history, I've been reading Safety's book. Oh, you have? I have been, yeah. Oh, how, how's that been? It's a piece of shit. And let me explain <laughs> why. Like, okay, so here's, here's the thing. I, I, was, I started reading it, and like, as, as, I, as I was going, I was like, this, this is actually not so bad. 
And then as it was going, I started to like get frustrated with the assumptions he's approaching the book. So let me tell you what's good about it. Okay. So far, I'm about halfway through it. What's good about it is I think he does a decent job of exploring certain histories that like I didn't know about. So he talks about the like demise of the Yapstone, which I really like enjoyed actually. What, what? And the demise the reason the Yapstone's lost value, apparently, according to Saifedean, who may be a resource that I I, sh- I should maybe like question. Um, maybe I don't know if he just like reads Wikipedia or if he actually knows the history. But like the, the, apparently the history is that they were using these Yapstones and it was excellent until like a guy uh, by the name of like uh, something O'Keefe, I don't know, maybe it was George O'Keefe's husband, uh, goes there and realizes that uh, that these stones he could like easily produce with like industrial means. So he goes there, he mines a bunch of the stones, and then he produces his own yap stones, and then he starts spending them. <laughs> so much so that apparently the king um, says that these his stones were not mined the right way, and they had to be degraded, and like they, they weren't valuable stones. But like the community disagreed, and they were like, "No, we like these stones." So they 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 kept like they put them in the ledger, and they were like, "Okay, these stones, which he, you know." So what happens is eventually the the production of these yap stones, um, you know, exceeds you know, like causes basically a, a market value in yap stones uh, to you know just explode. It just kind of like goes away. So then yap stones become like ineffective. But then he goes through like the safety and goes through like the history of things like gold and hard money, and he doesn't really uh, talk about in my opinion, the downfalls of a lot of these. He says, like, countries that use soft money, they go bankrupt. And then he gives a bunch of examples. And he goes, countries that use hard money, they complete, they thrive and they are amazing. And he talks about how, like, we used to print money out of these actual metals um, and how that was excellent. But he, and, and he, I think he lacks an understanding of the history of a lot of this stuff. He says that, like, the reason these metals were, like, the reason that the coins were, like, uh, degraded was because what happened is states over time realized that they could uh, the, the the metal in the coin uh, could be reduced. You could replace certain metals with I don't know tungsten or something like that, um, and and the result was that the d- the debasement of the currency. But he doesn't talk anything about the fact that like in in like let's say the gold markets, what happened to the United States is in order to in order to maintain the gold price, we had to we had to sustain a floating price of gold, which means that we had to like continually circulate the gold. And what happened in the United States is that we the day before, or a couple days before we went off the gold standard, we had to airlift a shit ton of gold all the way to the UK in order to continue the sus- the, sus- the sustenance of the price. Uh, and, and the gold market, there had to be enough liquid gold in the market that we had to ship a shit ton of gold and nearly went bankrupt. We were days away from going bankrupt as a result of the fact that we didn't have enough gold to cover our liabilities. Uh-huh. And so what we did is we we said, fuck it, and we went off the gold standard. And that was why. It was a matter of necessity, not a matter of desire that caused us to leave the gold standard. Libertarians love to tell this as like the government really destroying the currency by like deciding out of out of like... I don't know, conspiratorial Illuminati bullshit that we left the gold standard. We didn't leave the gold standard for any reason other than necessity. We, we had to. Gold. We ran out of gold. Well, but, is, but does that nullify the arguments as to like why a gold standard is, or is, like, is stupid? Because like, it's just because it didn't benefit the United oh, dude, States. The, the thing I like to ask libertarians about gold standards is that they say gold standard as if it's a thing. And then I say, what? What is a gold standard? And I have yet to have someone that can answer me. 
Well, because what? Well, what is I, I think that people. Okay, so I think that people think a lot of other people have art because they hear economists say that like the gold standard is important, and and they think that other people have actually done the thinking for them. Because there's, I remember even myself repeat like years ago repeating the gold standard thing, and I I thought to myself like this doesn't make a lot of sense, but somebody like this is a pervasive like theory in libertarianism, and I'm a libertarian, so like I have to believe it. And, and I, I figured that other people had done the, the hard work of figuring out what a gold standard actually was. <laughs> like, like Ron, Ron Paul, yeah. he knows what a gold standard is, and he'll, he'll defend my right to a gold standard very, forever. Yeah. And, and then I, asked, I started asking people that were fairly prominent what a gold standard was. And the answers were, other people have figured it out. And Ooh. we just need to go, like, like this week, for example, on Twitter, someone said to me, why is it, if this is such a great period in history and a fiat money is so excellent, why is it that the most prosperous time in America was when we were on the gold standard? Oh. And I was like, okay, yeah, the most prosperous time in America, you're telling me, is before we had every single person had a supercomputer in their pocket where we had, like, you know, smallpox still raging in the world. You could still get polio and penicillin had barely been invented and uh, malaria might have still been a problem in like the southern United States, and we were lynching black people, and uh, you know th this is pre-civil rights, and we were in Vietnam fighting uh, weird communism, and all of this shit. That's 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 the best time in America. That's better than now, where we all have a supercomputer in our pocket. We are all making more money uh, than anybody in the world. We're in the top one percent of income earners worldwide. We've gotten food so cheap that it's. Almost impossible to starve to Every death. Every single person in America has a car, pretty much. Everyone's got a phone, a computer, has a TV in their house, which, but TV is a, a vehicle whereby we, we, we it's, it, TV is the opiate of the masses, I think is what Karl Marx said. And uh, <laughs> we, we, have, we all have TVs in our house. We have cable, an extraneous luxury good. Yeah. Um, we, many of us have satellite TV. Well, we all have access to internet. Um, and not just internet, high-speed internet. You, you name a poor person that doesn't have like cable modems in their home. Uh, we all have um, housing, pretty much. We like, have a lot of amazing everyone's things Everyone's got access us. to the dollar menu. Yeah. Uh, UPS and FedEx exist. They've also, I've also heard them say that like there was a time when we were on the gold center and things were better and like everything was like growing at like a, a faster rate than it is now. Like, hey, yeah, like, the, the, like, there's, like there's a time of like the railroad chance. expansion. Right. Like you're telling me you're, you're like, right. So, so like faster than the internet happened. Like we have access right now to the entire, the entirety of the world's information at our fingertips. Even drug shit you can get on the dark markets. We have an entire internet that exists apart from the normal internet on Tor that you can get information that governments don't want you to get. That's the, we have so much access to information. Yeah. That's, you're telling me the 60s were better? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, you retard. Go back and live then. Yeah. Nobody wants to. Yeah. Nobody wants that. No one wants that. Like, I have a Dunkin' Donuts on every corner. Do you know, like, globalism has brought me sushi. Yeah. And Indian food. Think about all of the... I have Chinatown. I can go buy a duck hanging in the window and make weird Chinese food. I can buy a century egg in the middle of New York. Mm-hmm. Which, if you haven't had, you what want. Is it's, it's an egg soaked in, like, ammonia. Okay. You know, horse pee or something like that. Something weird. Yeah, and it's it's black. Is it gelatinous? And it's deli. The yolk is fucking creamy. Does this fit into my carnivore diet? Or oh, you can I, do it. Yeah. Can Safedine do it? Can he eat Safedine this? Safedine is not allowed to eat them. Okay. The Chinese government has 
explicitly ban safety <laughs> from buying these, but like you could do it. Um, I think because you're not, you aren't writing stupid books. Um, <laughs> well, but, not yet. Well, yeah. <laughs> you never no, know. There, there, there are there are things I think about. Like there is an advantage to the great, like the great, uh, the great digital wall of China, whatever they fucking call it. The fire, the, 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 the fire firewall wall of China. And I think if you could ban, if you could possibly. Pre- prevent your populace from reading books like Saifedean's, I think that you would probably be better off as yeah. a society. <laughs> <laughs> no. But like, no, well, Saifedean, that's Saifedean that's is actually, a goddamn, he's a mesen. So like, he yeah. has a lot of really, re- like, really bad ideas with like, very faulty premises in my opinion. He mm-hmm. doesn't like, examine the history of, like, I, I look at this, you know why, you know why a lot of uh, gold and like, metal currency got debased? It wasn't just fucking the debasement of the metals, it's because there is a huge problem with producing a an ounce of gold coin, mm-hmm. because it's a highly volatile commodity. Mm-hmm. No matter how many how much there is of it, by the way, gold is highly volatile. So people talking about like Bitcoin eventually becoming less volatile, maybe, maybe not. But there's always volatility, even with like a quote unquote hard money. Gold, well, the, thing. gold is hugely volatile. It's always been highly volatile. Yeah. So like you know you have a volatile, and you can actually look at this with like uh, with 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 respect to the United States dollar. The Atlantic has a great piece on the volatility of the of the currency with regard to the dates of like being on and off the gold standard. Um, but like there is there is um, the the reason that a lot of the currency was debased is because it's very difficult to prevent people from doing things such as clipping coins or, you know, whatever, counterfeiting coins, um, just anything Mm -hmm. in a world where you have a coin that is like in a very expensive metal, Mm -hmm. right? Where like, you know, you could clip a coin and and this is what happened in the UK. So there's, there's some actually really cool history here. Like Isaac, Isaac Newton, Mm -hmm. after he'd done any of his important work, (laughs) He went off and became basically the Fed chairman of the of, of the of the Bank of England, mm-hmm. and he combated. There's a, there's an amazing book called uh, Newton and the Counterfeiters, and he combats counterfeit counterfeiting, mm-hmm. and he invents certain things in currency like the ridges on the side of the coins. And if you want to know what those ridges are for, they're to they're they're to identify when a coin has been clipped. Mm-hmm. Really simple. Okay. You just put something on the edge that, like, if you cut off, it's gone. <laughs> right. It was not very, very split. simple. Yeah. yeah. So he like was, was uh, you know, what people used to do is because there's a floating price of gold, they used to clip the coins in England. They would ship them to France, sell them, and then come back with the coin that had been like minorly clipped. And they would get more coins and do the same thing. Mm. And what happened is eventually the coins had like, you know, seven tenths of the metal they used to have in e- England. And England essentially just was like leaking gold. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you Which think about ama- it. Well, well, well that, that, that's one reason why gold is kind of like a weird mm-hmm. thing. It was, the, like, it was the Fargan Jews. But like, <laughs> no, I don't know if that was the case. It might but have is been it, gypsies. But, it, but isn't it that like if you're, if you're like a central bank and you want to, and you have like the dollar, you want to have a reserve of money that can be used internationally or is, inter- or is like a global commodity that everybody values that you're... Bank holds that way; it can like know its its reserves. To, like I don't know, dude. I I have a feeling that gold reserves and such are are probably an effect of like just history. Because what's interesting about the gold standard is that we've actually been off of it as a country and like, but not like, but like in an uh, an inofficial way. Well, to, to like, me, the, the, the whole like the whole war, like war finance is actually right. like a lot of like the, the United States largely dumps a lot of its gold on libertarians by like minting these like uh, commemorative coins that libertarians love. 
<laughs> like the Sacagawea. Exactly. Well, no, that wasn't no, gold. That wasn't gold but no, but that like the, the, like the Liberty dollars. Where, where they like they come online and they're like, we have a special edition gold coin. And like, these yeah, guys I don't think the United like, States does that, but like like other companies <laughs> oh. do that. They get gold and they'll like they'll release them for like premiums because libertarians want. Like, I just gold. remember seeing those commercials on TV. I love those commercials, and it, it's funny because <laughs> it like does capitalize. It does capitalize on the ideology of this like conspiratorial ideology. Like, I need gold so the United States can't take it from me. So like, you get gold as a libertarian. Where do you get it from? You get like the Liberty Dollar. You get the Canadian Maple Leaf. You're getting your gold from the government. So the government knows, knows you got it. Yeah. And they're not going to come and take it because like they gave it to you because they know that they're not going to come and take it. And they wanted your dollars. Yeah. The, the United States wanted your dollars. Well, what, what is a what is so like what is the gold standard? Like what like what, why why is this? Like, if anybody knows what the gold standard is, I dare you to put a comment in here and explain it in full. Because I don't think anybody actually knows what the gold standard is. And I think that anyone who tries to sit down and, and write it out is going to find out that they're going to have a lot of trouble mm -hmm. understanding what the gold standard actually is. It doesn't exist. There is no such thing as the gold standard. And, and, uh, and if you want to tell me that it's, it's a currency pegged to gold, that's fine. But it doesn't actually make any sense because like, the government is in full control of printing. So if you were to like, have a gold standard and you know, have gold certificates like the United States would have back in you know, f you know, forever ago, um, the United States can just print more dollars against that standard, which means that like, in, instead, like, if, they, if they print a trillion dollars, now your uh, money's worth a lot less because one dollar of gold doesn't buy you know, three-tenths of an ounce of gold, it buys $1 worth of gold in a pegged currency situation. So if you have $1, uh, one, dollar, one gold certificate dollar, and you can go buy one gold certificate dollar's worth of gold, it doesn't mean that that's going to be the same today as it was yesterday, which is the same thing as it is today. You can take a dollar, you can take it to your local gold shop, and you can buy $1 worth of gold. You can still do this. You can ex the beauty of like an, an, an unpegged currency is that you don't have to worry about it. You can still buy a dollar's worth of gold because people accept it as money. Right. Right. I just, I'm just, I, I don't really understand how, like what the world was like before when we were like allegedly on a gold standard, like before the seventies, like like. You couldn't do that then, or like, what was? We've the been on a gold standard like before. I, I think I think that people mistake um, the what's that one that, that 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 conference that was at a hotel with a with with uh oh with uh with like J P Morgan and shit where he bailed out a bunch of where, where, where whatever he, it was. What was that called? The the, the famous one for liber libertarians like the oh fuck Bilderberg not Bilderberg Bil it's Bilderberg. Not, it, was, it was a Jekyll. It's not Jekyll Island. No, 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 I think that was at a hotel too. That was there was a not th there's always a place they go but that's just because they want to like get out and like go somewhere. Well, of course. Well, right. Like but like What was it called? The uh the fucking I totally forget. Brent Brit Brent Benton Brent Brenton Woods. Woods. Brenton Woods. Brenton Woods. You ever been to that hotel? It's an Omni hotel. It's in the middle of the mountains. It's beautiful and you can like go skiing there as like a resort. It's dude, it is such a beautiful hotel. Oh, wow. You should go. We should go. Where is it? Is that New York, Brentwood? We should we should we should throw a, like a Bitcoin party there or something. We should go, or you I, and I can just go as like a couple retreat. Bretton Woods we'll, Hotel. We'll, we'll have a sexy getaway. The reviews, uh, four and a half stars. Oh, that's yeah. it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a great place. No, dude, it's it's an Omni Resort. It's it's beautiful, and uh, it's funny to me that like you, you like I would love to have a conference that is named after that. In like it's in Mount Washington, I guess Mount Bretton Woods. And what's funny is it's just a hotel. 
Mount yeah. Washington Resort. But that's where that's where New the, Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Which is the, the, the grounds of like libertarians. That's you know, I, I'm surprised. I really think that I I was said this last week, but I really think that the libertarians made a mistake by going to New Hampshire. They really should have gone to Puerto Rico. Yeah. That would have been so much easier. <laughs> So much easier to take over. Oh yeah, and like they could have like waited. The hurricane came. Like yeah, it's gone. Everyone leave. Yeah, it'll just be us. And then they could they could vote to not be a state ever. With their they just gold. have the libertarian like world where they like live in it, and they could just become rich. Yeah, it's perfect. The they have like <laughs> pseudo pseudo voting authority. It's ex- it's perfect. Libertarians really should have done that. Yeah, they made the mistake. <clears throat> they really did. They had a perfect opportunity to go there and oh, yeah. take over. And they still can do it. Like libertarians in New Hampshire, all you Keynes or what's what's the play? Keynes, Keynes, New Hampshire, whatever. I keep seeing the like court people. Like I am a, a sovereign man. When <laughs> 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 they get pulled over by the cops, yeah. they're like, "You don't have the authority. You don't have the authority to do this." I, the cops I, like. Cops like, I see your license? Sir. I don't have one because I I am a sovereign man. <laughs> 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 oh, those people are such assholes. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyhow, so yeah, the uh, th- that's that's that. So uh, I think a lot of people think that Bretton Wood is sort of the beginning of the gold standard, e- or the beginning of the end of the, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, but like, like if you look in the 1800s, I mean, there's the Cross of Gold speech. Um, there's a, a lot of like there was a lot of debate. And if you if you look at the history of like currencies pegged to metals, a huge portion of the the lobbying that was going on. In, in the space of people trying to get currencies, certain, cur- certain metals uh, backing currencies, if you look at that, it was largely lobbied by people who were large holders of those metals. Mm-hmm. Huh, interesting. Yeah. So it was in exactly the same way that the food pyramid is accused of being like a public interest pyramid built by like agriculture bullshit. Um, the, the metal backed currencies were largely pushed by people who had a, a very, 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 very specific personal interest in a country sucking up a huge portion of that metal supply so that they could then dump their bags. Mm. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, there's, there, there's such a crazy history of money that, like, there's so many stories and things you could look into. Well, money's amazing. There, there's just amazing, like weird stories that well, like explain why people are just so. And that's the thing. I think that Safe Dean has bought into the Mizan conspiracies, and this is the problem with the book: is that like it's filled with sort of these Mizan presumptions rather than an understanding, a robust understanding of the history of the finance. And uh, and and I've, I've been hearing a lot of people tell me that Keynes was a terrible person. Um, yeah. Like Safety uh, like accuses him of being like a child molester or something. I don't know anything about that. That sounds very weird. He's, but he's, I also don't <laughs> know that it matters because his ideas are his ideas regardless of his like proclivities towards little boys or something like that. Those are, I mean, those are evil and disgusting if that were the case. Well, but like he's not, it doesn't make his ideas bad. Right. It makes that idea bad. Right. Don't, don't, don't paint whatever the guy did personally with like the ideas themselves. And like they demonize that guy so much. Like, oh, you're a Keynesian. Like there, there are times. And the label, I think the people label. don't realize the reason that Keynesianism is effective is because like Keynes was a monetarist. He has some ideas that have like built, have lived the test of time. And, uh, and there are other ideas that aren't as good. Mm-hmm. And it, there isn't a Keynesian school. Like, there's this world now where, like, anything I agree with is, is, is Hayekian and Misen and, like, Austrian. And anything I disagree with is Keynesian in the economic sense. And that's just not the case. It's mm. obscenely stupid. Keynes articulates a great understanding of money as a series of debts, indebtedness, which is what it is. 
Mm-hmm. You go do something like mine, and then anyone who owes you something, you pay them as like an indication of the ledger of debt. Mm-hmm. It has to come from somewhere. So it is it, like it is backed in debt. That is what it's backed in. That's not a conspiracy. That's not bad. It is a series of IOUs. That is what money represents. So as if, if the sooner you can make it an IOU, the better. And you can look at the higher, like Keynes has a great sort of hierarchy of money. These are all really interesting Keynesian concepts that you throw the, you throw the baby out with the bathwater well, if you like just like lump Keynes into economics that's bad and Hayek into economics that's good. Yeah. In fact, they were contemporaries and Hayek actually highly respected Keynes. Right. Well, they, they were all trying to like, they were all trying to figure out like Hayek built money on Keynes' monetarist theories. Yeah. They weren't in utter like disparate disagreement. There weren't these weird camps of like, like, like that, they're made out to be in, in present day. Like they, they had they, debates. They yeah. disagreed on things. Yeah, but like they, they were all people that had various ideas, and like it, it's weird how it goes in that direction. There were some things I read that actually talked about another economist that is lesser known. I think his last name is Hayes. Okay. That was, uh, is it Arthur Hayes or something? That was actually um, he was around at this a similar time as as Keynes, and he had like competing theories of money, like. Beth Hayes, uh, I'm, I'm Googling is it. There John Ar- Hayes, is there I, like I don't a, know. Is there an Arthur Hayes? Right, Haynes, I may be wrong about that. Haynes? Um, like, for example, like there, 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 was lot, there was a lot of debate as to like uh, like the primitives in the ancient history of money. Like a lot of, uh, and this might be like more of like where these libertarians get their ideas about, is that like barter predated the actual use of like money. And I think one of his ideas was that money has always been like a thing. Like there's always been like a currency in some form of the, uh, of, of another and that it's like inherent to like how value is transferred, or, or it's right. something to that effect. Um, but he also like talks about a lot of the complexities of like uh, some of like uh, th- th- there's there's a few things that 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 he goes into. I, I remember reading it. I just I would have to like pull it up or something to to find it. Um, by, by the way, I just just uh, this is from Wikipedia. But what Hayek wrote when mm-hmm. Keynes died is this. He said he Keynes was the only or was the one really great man I ever knew, and for whom I had unbounded admiration. The world will be very much poorer place without him. Hmm. Let's that should be taken into account. Well, I think that people don't realize that you need a counterbalance in thinking. You need somebody who challenges you and gives you thoughts that you you haven't had. Um you know, like you need an opposing counterbalance. And here's the thing about economies. Economies often heal better in a way uh, when you apply these like Austrian principles, right? Sometimes they heal better under like sort of Keynesian principles. It depends on the circumstances of like, I don't know, a recession or a bull run or whatever the fuck it is. That's the, like the, the reason that the, the reason that Keynes and Hayek um, have ideas that are so interesting for people even today is because their their ideas encapsulate something that is true sometimes not always but sometimes mm-hmm. so when i hear when i read something as myopic as the bitcoin standard it encapsulates this sort of like myopic approach to economics that says like there's only one way to do it and this history is completely uh like i can completely ignore history of money because all i have to do is like sort of maintain this sort of Austrian understanding of currency and, you know, the, the belief in, like, anti, anti-government belief and currency manipulation, et cetera, and that, you know, governments are evil and soft money is good and, and, like, in and of itself. And that's just not the case. 
or hard money's good in and of itself. And that's, that's really not the case. It's just not. Well, it just seems like their understanding of this is so like dumbed down from like the complexities that were articulated by these economists back in the day that like there's so much that is being lost on like this very simple hard money good, soft money bad type of thinking Dude, when it, it's, it's so much it's more complex total, than that. Totally Orwellian. Totally. Um, okay. So the, the next one. We, we, have a, we heard <laughs> there's a, a whole event this weekend. Uh, the Bitmain IPO. Is it coming or did it already happen? It's, it's apparently going to be happening. Okay. And a lot of the documentation that came out about the IPO, which is they filed, was in Chinese. So we... Dongwen. But it seems like what came out was that they're planning on doing an IPO. They're valuing it at like $14 billion. And some of the documents that came out suggested they're holding a significant amount of, be- of, uh, like all of Bitcoin it. cash. Like all, all of it. All of Bitcoin it. cash. <laughs> and hold very little Bitcoin. Which I, I don't... Everybody was saying that it looked like the, their company's financials looked bad. Um... Maybe not bad for like their IPO target, but bad in the sense well, of like. Well, so here's, I think the badness comes largely from like holding a huge amount of what is essentially a very illiquid currency. Right. <laughs> like they, I think they hold like they may hold like ten percent of it or more or something. What are they going to do? Dump it in a day? Well, that's a huge risk. Why would they? Why would they be holding that much? And if, and is that even the case? Like I, I don't know. It was, this was one of those things that like a lot of people were saying like how bad this is, but I'm like wondering if there's like more like. There's more to this that people just aren't seeing. Yeah, I don't know. Bitcoin dominance, by the way, is up to 52%. Like uh, on the market cap, it was higher this week. Yeah. Than that, it was like but 55%. But like right now, it's like 52%. So like, but I, I don't, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if we're gonna roar back slowly. I see. Here's the thing. I could see a world where Bitcoin starts just to kind of like gain slowly back that dominance, right? Mm-hmm. And what happens is the other coins just sort of fall out and disappear, and we just stop talking about them. And in 15 years, what we're doing is saying like. Ethereum still exists, but it's like a weird commune in New Hampshire that uses it. And they're the last like running node or something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things just kind of like fall out of prominence. Maybe. In yeah. the way that like well, like we hear about Gopher, Gopher is still used as a protocol for the internet. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's always a question of like, where is this going and like where, where, like where, where is it and what's, what's well, happening? Did you, did you read a th- uh, Vitalik's tweet this week about Ethereum? Um, I skimmed through some of it. There's, there's been a lot of that, that discussion. He, he said that um, he said that he thinks that like holding a specific amount of like the world's wealth uh, seems like very oligarchic, mm-hmm. which I think is funny because the alternative to that is inflation, which is what these libertarians did not come here for. So like Vitalik has made a complete 360 and is proposing an inflationary currency, inflationary forever. In, in exactly the world where, like, everyone who's here, these anarchists and these libertarians, are completely about to turn against him. He's, he's iterated back to there is an use for fiat money. Congrats, Vitalik. You've come back to where the reasonable position is. Mm-hmm. And now you have to start exploring what makes these currencies different. And you're going to find out this notion of, like, it being digital gold is, in fact... Uh, is a, 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 as a scarce resource, mm-hmm. like Bitcoin is a scarce resource. It is it is a discovery. Um, sure enough, there is a group of people that are building it and making it better and whatever. And like, sure, we have to like trust them to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Like, this is in fact uh, this is in fact a scarce resource. It is a quasi discovery as a uh, solution to the Byzantine general's problem. And what does that do? It allows you to maintain a ledger. You, can, you could have designed it in many ways, one of which could have been an inflationary currency mm-hmm. but th- with a like, specific discount rate, but that's not how it was designed. And you don't need multiples of these. You don't. 
because they don't do much. XRP doesn't do anything than Bitcoin. Of course. But like, but like the understanding of that concept is, is not, like it's not, it's not reflected in like the broader society. And like, I don't know if it, like it might take a long time before it is. Sure. Like, that's fine. Like, at what point does these things become... I don't, I don't know. Like, like Vitalik was tweeting about this. Like, he also, like, it was clear that... Like, I, I saw something between him and Jorge Timon. Yeah. Where Jorge's like, well, how, how big is an Ethereum node? Because, like, that's never an answer that we can no give one these can people. Ever, no one well, can ever get that. It's, do you know what's it's fucked about that answer? Multiple do you, do, do you know gigabytes, what's fucked about their, their answer? Is that... They're going to shard? They have a different... Me- they, they, don't, they don't measure what is a full node. Like, full node for them is full node in quotes. Yeah. Like, Bitcoiners, like, a full node is a full node. Yeah. Like, that's the entire transaction right. history. Like, you have a Everything. whole list of you every transaction. You can validate all the transactions very easily. And by them, it's like, well, a full node for us is we, we measure it differently because it's based off of, like, some calculation. It's, it's like four megabytes. But like, that's what they say. They're like, like, a full node is a node that is not a full... It's like an SPV node. He, they, they will call, like, what we would call the equivalent of SPV nodes as full nodes. Is, that's, that's their full nodes. And it relies on, like, trusting miners the, for, like, that history. By the way, the entire reason that and, they do and, that and is a real because they don't want like, to tell you what the size of the block is. It's hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes. It's, it's huge. So many gigabytes. A real it's, full it's node. It's probably approaching, like... I mean, is it hundreds of gigabytes? Um, he said that one metric probably, that he it's, used... It's probably nearly a terabyte at this point. Just that his, his idea of an SPV node was that it was coming out to like similar to what a current Bitcoin... Uh, Their SPV nodes are like 60 megabytes then. 80 megabytes, whatever it is. Gig, 100 gig, megabytes. 60, like 100 gigabytes of data. So, so we're talking Sorry. about like how much the... the, the we're talking about like the gigger gigabits, like like the yeah the transaction history. So like that like that 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 storage of data. Yeah. So like right now like with Bitcoin, it's probably like it's between one hundred. It's it's close to two hundred gigabytes. Like their SPV node might be a little bit smaller than that, but like not by much. Right. And he said by one metric, it may be, it may be close to like seven hundred gigabytes. Wow. But what's funny is that their idea of a node is like um, basically getting like the uh, most of the history from miners and then or like for or whoever actually has that and then downloading the rest of I'm it. I'm telling you, dude, the, the, the sharding weird. thing, the sharding thing is going to be a disaster. They're going to lose history. I, I put money on it. I, I will. I will bet uh, you three dollars and a subway sandwich that there because I know you love those. No, you have to eat the bread. I don't, I'm not eating bread. You have to eat the bread. I don't want to eat the bread. You have to eat the bread. And I, I bet you three dollars in a subway sandwich. They're going to lose history when they move to sharding. They probably will. They they might be. They might. They might have bad actors that over a very long period Dude, of time I think have been have watching, been subjugating I, I think the history. People are looking through the code, and I think they're looking at this and being like, "I cannot wait. I cannot wait." And just like everything with Ethereum, they're going to release it, and it's going to explode. And at some point, these weird... Like, here's the thing. So far, the explosions they have decided have all been recoverable, right? They're like, oh, roll back the chain! Mm-hmm. You know, roll back... Like, make this portion of the code, th- this portion of the chain... Um, what do they call it? Like, they, the opcodes. Make those opcodes uh, d- go away. Just ignore them, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, I'm looking... I was like, okay, fine. So at some point... Ethereum is going to explode in an unrecoverable way. It has to. Because the mistakes they've made so far are so bad that you're telling me they're going to overhaul this chain in a way that allows you to, like, allows more scale, and they're not going to fuck it up? Really? Mm. Really? Right. They well, haven't gotten the small well, things down. Well, what's crazy is like what what is the moment that they decide to like break? And I think it's going to be like Vitalik. Well, well world well, changing it's gonna be, world changing shit. What happens when Vitalik just can't take it anymore and just says I'm out. Fuck the it's it's done. 
He's going to do because that like when he, he realizes, keeps, he keeps pushing when he realizes that there's keeps, nothing else they can do. And he, I think right now he thinks that he's keeping up the lie. But at some point, they're going to realize, he's going to realize that it, the game is over. There's mm. nothing else they can do to make this thing scale or mm. grow. Or like, they, they can't, there's, there's just like, there's no, there's, there's nothing they can there's throw at it. There's not another punt they can make to right. get to the end zone. The Ethereum football field is a trillion miles long, and they just keep punting towards the end zone, and they just never ever get any closer because the fraction of like distance between them and the end zone is so huge that a punt doesn't get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Really, just pretty much keeps you in the same place. Yeah, they're thirty yards down the down the, the field. Football analogies. If you don't know what football is, you and I are in the same boat. <laughs> so, um, like. There is just there. There's going to come a point. Like here's the thing: they are going to see an irreparable, irreparable. And I don't mean to Nostradamus this, but they're going to see an irreparable hack of mm-hmm. some sort at some point, and it's going to be hilarious to you and me, hilarious. And you know, before you say uh, I'm a cynic, consider the parody hack. How many hundreds of millions of dollars were stuck? <laughs> are stuck? Yeah. In wallets. And and somehow that, if you don't see that as end game ending, mm-hmm. which it is, then like just think about like we're still in early days for Ethereum explosions. That's one of just a few. Mm-hmm. There have to be worse ones. Yeah. It'll it will it would be like it, I can't wait to see what it's going to look like. But what's going to be hilarious is if it occurs like during a period where. There's more ICOs on it. There's more projects on it. Dude, There's I can't more people wait. Trying to, this thing is so fucked in so many ways. Did you read this thing that Stellar wrote about Ethereum? I did. I was that it. Stellar or Kick? Uh, it was a Stellar. It was Stellar X is one of their plat one of their products, and it was a guy that is d- working on Stellar X. And that You've is seen a, that some is of like the tools the that, kick, that essentially. kick had. Dude, by the way, I've been thinking about this. Like, I, I have I have some stuff I want to say about Counterparty. Okay. So, so I've been thinking about Counterparty lately. Okay. Let's say you were a company and you wanted to implement Counterparty. Okay. Okay. What would you do? Um, so we want to like issue a token. Like, yeah. what do we want to do? Yeah, you want to issue a token. Um, well, I guess th- the first thing to do would be to uh, run a node, okay. r- run a Counterparty node. Right. Um, maybe issue that token. Okay. Um, but one one thing we've kind of discussed in the past is, do you want to issue it on? Current on counterparty, or do you want to just fork that code base and utilize it to issue your own token? Well, which one's cheaper? Well, um, I'm it, it, it's it's probably the latter. I think so too. Like if I wanted to issue a uh, a stable coin, for example, would why would I why would I want to why would I want all of those um why would I want all those assets and have to deal with that database of like what's what, I guess. Well, the other thing is is that you could build an entire counterparty implementation as mm-hmm. a wallet internally, and you could have what amounts to a DEX that only trades the assets that you want traded and lock down the, the ability to create tokens in it to oh, just you. Well, you'd have more control over the code and like what those tokens are issued. Yeah. And what can be traded. So you could build like a trading card platform on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you could, you could make, you could. Make, I mean, you'd have so control over the so code base to make optimization. Does that I mean make, like? Does that make counterparty? On Bitcoin. Yeah. Does that make counterparty a platform for scams, and like forked counterparty a platform for commercial use? Maybe I don't know. 
I'm, I, I'd like to see someone come along and like do something there, maybe. Do you, you know that like there is a Bitcoin Cash implementation of Counterparty in the works? I've heard this, yeah. And I, I think they actually have code now, I, which is kind of funny. But like, I, 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 don't I think know. I'm pretty convinced because I was thinking about it the other day. If I were if I were consulting a company on how to implement Counterparty internally, the first thing I would tell them to do is to fork it mm-hmm. and not use original Counterparty. Because you mean, don't need XCP as a currency then. Well, I, I guess it's like, why would you why would you want the counterparty functionality? And it's because you want to trade assets and stuff, right? But you can do that if in a forked counterparty. But the, but the problem you is, limit, the, you can the, limit what, what you're going to be trading. But right. But the other thing is, like, if you're trying to have like an open platform that anybody can trade tokens on, like, company B comes along versus company A and does the same thing. But like now there's uh, now, th- now they're not interoperable. So now you can't trade assets across. They're still like interoperable because you could you could it's still on the blockchain. Well, but so but, you could but still that means read they, those assets in a wallet, right? You could sign. But they'd have to read it in a way like that. Some of that data could actually be conflicting. But that's fine, though, because like as a company, your goal is to have things often be siloed. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't necessarily want um, everybody to see the data of your network. So you could obfuscate some of that data. And you probably want to. Like, why would World of Warcraft want someone else to use World of Warcraft swords, whereas you could actually just allow people to trade in a sort of sequestered counterparty World of Warcraft swords um, uh, on the decks, exchange it for World of Warcraft suits? Yeah. But is there is there a world where, like, you'd want, like, because now World of Warcraft, you have a whole a token economy of World of Warcraft items over here, but then you have like a whole economy of like Fortnite items over here. Who cares? So like, is it that the, like you would just have third party like you'd have centralized sources? To sure, trade you could sell them on eBay. Why well, not? Would, why not? Right. You just have to like uh, you you could you, what you could do in that world is you just have an escrow service, someone who sits in the middle and mm-hmm. they can verify that like those things entered each wallet. Did you send the World World of Warcraft sword to this place? Yes. Did you send the Fortnite thing to this place? The skin to this place? Yes. Mm-hmm. Boop. Done. Easy peasy. The beauty of the blockchain in that is it allows you to verify whether those things are done, even if they're in disparate networks. And all you need in between is an escrow. Yeah. And that escrow could be fucking cheap. I mean, I, I, I maybe the escrow would take like Warcraft gold. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like what a what like if you were to issue your own to- like your own thing on Bitcoin, and yeah. you were like, oh, counterparty software that we can utilize. Yeah. The question is like, why would you not just have complete control of that code base. Yeah. But then like on the other side of that, why why would people want to be part of like regular open counterparty? And I don't know. It might be because you Rare can Rare Pepe's? You, yeah, you you can have inter- you can have opera. I'm not saying there's no use for it, but like I right. just look at them like maybe just ICOs. Yeah. It might be just that like Well, what's funny is like the, the whole tether thing. It seems to be working out well. <laughs> it sure does. And that's on Mastercoin. But like it, I think that a lot of people don't Master realize Coin a tether is, such a is project. Um, it is. It's a tether project. It's literally just tether. Yeah. It's just tether. That's kind of what. That's frankly what inspired sort of this thinking. I was like, right. Mastercoin is literally one project. Yeah. You don't need a platform for multiple projects. Doesn't seem that way. No. It seems like you can just have that. Like. like yeah. Which I, I guess is fine. I don't know. Like, that might be that might be the way to do some of these like centralized like currencies if you want to securitize if you want to have a security of something like why like if you're a comp- if you're a bitcoin company and you wanted to issue like some type of like or just a company in general yeah. like why would you not fork like counterparty and just 
just issue your security there. Yeah. And then like you have control of the node. Like that's the thing. I don't know what Master Co- Master Cone Master Coin's node structure is. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, and I wonder if it's like built on charity of people trying to like and praying that Mastercoin itself, what is it, Omni? Omni itself uh, jumps up in price. Mm-hmm. That might be the, the like model for security. I don't know if it's like sort of the same uh, same security model that uh, Counterparty has. But I, I think that you could probably reduce this like need for a node. Like you could you could basically spin up and spin down like Amazon instances as you need it. Mm-hmm. If trading is increasing or decreasing, or if you need more like node support for your coin. Yeah. If you're getting well, DDoS, it's, al- it's also like if you're going to do, if you're just going to centralize uh, a code base to issue tokens on on Bitcoin, like I guess the question then is like, why would you like? Is Counterparty the most is Counterparty the best way to encode data in Opperturn, or why would you not just build your own like meta protocol right. on Bitcoin? Well, the other thing like, is like, like, like why, why, why like forking Counterparty is easy because it exists, so, but so like there, why, why would you so not here's, just? Here's the thing: if this is true, what it means is that a company like EY, which has like a head of blockchain development is absolutely insane. They're not going to have any use for this, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, except in, like, accounting for, like, scam ICOs that people invested in. But a, co- a game company should have a head of blockchain development. And it's a perfectly good and legitimate use case for it. You think it's, like, it's fully legit? Because you'd want to issue your assets on Why not? Yeah. Th- this is where the technology needs to go. Well, I think the technology in general that we're excited about is most applicable in the gaming world. That seems to be the case. I agree. Because like, th- like going to the other side of it, like the Lightning Network, like I-, I can't think of many use cases for micropayments like this aside from like, oh, gaming. Because like, ga- like a lot of these companies are doing more and more. And that's, where, like, like very the liquid, small that's where the liquid shit is. Like why not baseball cards? Yeah. Right. So then the question is like, like what? How? Right. Like so, if you have a head of blockchain development at a gaming company, like what are they going to, what are they going to utilize? And I, you, you, you can probably pull out examples of like people looking, like men making statements about this and looking at it and doing things with it. Um, but like, it, who, who knows even what what technologies are going to be used, utilized? What about well, does does Facebook having the head of blockchain thing? We didn't talk about this last week, but uh, one of the guys that was on the board of directors for Coinbase said I had to step down because he is like heading up like Facebook's blockchain department or something. I think that Facebook just wants to be like, okay, so in uh, in China, there's that like uh, social, like that chatting platform. What's it called? That like... QQ? No, no, no. By, 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 I don't think it's Baidu. It's, it's something that like lets you like Waymo or something, um, lets you send money to each other. Okay. I think Facebook wants to be that. They, they want to like have they an want economy you to be able of people to, Right. The they want around. people like sending money to each other and such. Yeah. I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing for Facebook to do. Mm-hmm. They are a social network. They're sort of center of the world like that. And like, if you could be sending money very easily back and forth, it seems reasonable. They're going to pick something like Stellar. Or do you think they'll try to do like their own weird thing? I think they're going to pick Stellar. You think so? Yeah. Well, that's great. I put money on that. I love Stellar. I put $3 and a Subway but, sandwich on that. By the way, Stellar, that article they pin out, I, I, I think Stellar, I think, I think we should look at Stellar as Bitcoin's hoe because Stellar always is like, yeah, Bitcoin. Like they made a reference to how like, Ethereum can't scale versus something like Bitcoin, which actually builds things correctly. And Stellar is very like Stellar has a very pro Bitcoin stance. Well, it's, which it's Jed McCaleb, who, and that guy's made of Teflon. The reason that I think okay, so here's the thing: Ripple is trying to end run the central bank system. Their entire goal is to be a central bank. They want to issue currency. They want you as a bank to like accept their well, currency as like whether that's our intention or not. I, that is one hundred percent their, their but, intention. But 
all of the things that they want are going to end up in them becoming a central bank. What's funny about it is that all of these people who support them are people that don't support central banking. What do you think you're doing by supporting Ripple and its its like like organization? It is literally the goal of Ripple to be the central bank and issuing authority for currency. That is what it is trying to do. What do you think XRP is supposed to be? Ripple has been completely disingenuous. There's been a lot of examples of, of disingenuousness in Ripple. And actually, Laura Shin does an amazing job on her podcast of breaking this down on a Ripple podcast. She tried to get some Ripplers to come on, and she couldn't. Um, Laura, They're a weird I think that you have some really stupid things that you say, but holy hell, your podcast is good. I got to say that. If you're looking for a good podcast, stop listening to this. Go listen to Laura Shins. Huh. Um, she has a, an amazing interview with Ripple uh, and some journal or with some Ripple people and so like not Ripple people, but journalists who have covered the Ripple stuff. She talks about how like the remember the MoneyGram announcement that Ripplers were so excited about how, mo- how MoneyGram is going to use XRP to do their to yeah. do their currency transfer. So that was a lie. Of course. Duh. Um, but what happened is, like, West or uh, MoneyGram had to walk that back every single time someone would ask. They're like, no, we're testing it. We're testing it. It's not what we're rolling out. We're testing it. Right. They're testing it. Okay. Ripple made it sound like they were utilizing it. Well, they're doing what a lot of these projects are doing, and, and they're, they're using very, like, basic, like, oh, we looked at it or we're testing it and making it out to be as if, like, there's a full integration. Ripple, Ripple is claiming Which is a great way to pump your shit. Right. They're just doing it to, like, get people to buy Ripple. But they're trying to increase the price so they can make an end run and do the central banking thing. That is so obvious. But like, how do they end up being? A, how do they end up becoming like a central bank in that it's, model? Dude, that's like, just literally what they're doing. They're they're issuing currency, XRP. Right. They're issuing currency, but, so they but, are but, in fact they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, issue currency in exactly the same way the Fed does. Um, the difference is that they can just hit a button to print it, and they are trying to issue. They have a huge stash of it. They're going to use it in order to like basically have transactions throughout the world exist and uh, and basically be the the currency of the globe. That is the goal of Ripple. It is a central bank. The Ripple Foundation is a central bank through and through, which doesn't bother me, except for I trust them far less than legitimate economists who don't lie to me constantly. Right. Well, like, do you think they're actually going to, like, end up in a position that they want to be in, or do you think they're going to, like, like... I think that once people realize what they're doing, uh they are going to fail so hard. I think once banks realize what's going on, Ripple is going to be like pulled right out. Well, because they're going to find a way. They're going to be like, oh, uh, we got to crack down want, on these assholes. Banks don't want Ripple to be in control. Like that. The, the thing is this: like yeah. Federal Reserve, for example, is a conglomerate of banks. It's like it's sort of like owned by lots of banks. They're in control of this. This is, in fact, the criticism libertarians have. So why would banks? <laughs> the central bank is actually very banks, distributed in the United States. Why would <laughs> banks be testing another central bank when they're in control of the other central bank? Right. <laughs> it's like, because they don't realize what's going on yet. Once mm. they get it, this will be just be like, oh, we don't like this. Mm. It's done. They will excise Ripple from the mix. Yeah. It is not more efficient than Swift or, or, uh, or ACH or any of these other protocols that banks have worked on together. It is not. It cannot be. And the, the Fed is a conglomerate of banks. So why would banks bring somebody in who is trying to compete with them? It's sort of like Goldman Sachs putting their money in J.P. Morgan. Yeah. How retarded would that be? That would be stupid. So is the play like if you're going to do this type of thing, maybe not Ripple, but like getting in bed with like a tech company, like a major tech company and being like, hey, do you, if you're if you want to be if you want to be like a banking institute or like do be a be like a money trend, whatever, 
No, there, like there are plenty of examples of this. So, like, for example, a few years ago, well, like, uh, Y Combinator you said, you said like built a, a, a built a company that uh, yeah. Y Combinator uh, like funded a company called Standard Treasury. It was built by a guy named Zach Townsend and a few other guys who, in fact, were attempting to build APIs between banks that would bridge the the ancient 18, 1980s infrastructure that banks uh, that banks built build everything on today. That is the goal. The goal right now, the, the standard for banks, the golden child for banks, the golden egg, if you will, is to build basically an interface that lets banking structures in all sorts of countries communicate in a way that is standard, mm. standardized. Think about it. Like the United States banking infrastructure, which we acknowledge is ancient. It's built in the 1980s. It really hasn't changed. Why do you think your bank statement looks exactly the same when it's from uh, Chase as it does when it's from Wells Fargo? It's because there was an international or there was a standard agreed to by these by the American banking system that persists to this day. It's not a bad standard. It's ancient. It's gross. It's slow. It's not as good as like modern computing would allow it to be. Um, but you know what happened in the rest of the world is that everyone has agreed to different standards. And there have been attempts to overhaul this standard. And a good example was Simple Bank, a few years ago, attempted to basically get off of that standard and um, build a system that still communicates with it, just like a bank, but that allows, uh, that basically is a little bit more efficient, that like conforms to modern standards, that, uh, that allows sort of modern banking infrastructure to exist. Okay, yet, you have to interface all of these structures. You have to interface the American structure with the Norwegian structure, the American structure with the Brazilian structure, etc. That's what Swift does. Right. There's, that's the solution to that problem. You, have a, a, you need something to organize the international standards of, of, of very the standard right. of standards. So, so if, if there is like a, something that comes along, like a standard a standard Treasury was doing with like trying to build APIs between these systems, um, that's great. I'm all for that. But like, it probably will look a lot like Swift. It'll just be a little cheaper. Well, that's always been right. Oh. Swift might do it. Well, they might just do it themselves. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Banks, ki again, Swift is a conglomeration of banks. You think they want to give up, they want to cede that control to somebody else? Why? When they can just fix the problem themselves. Mm. And the reason they don't is because Swift works pretty well. There has to be a significant improvement in efficiency for them to want to change what exists right now. Right, and if it, and, and if and if blockchain offers that efficiency, they'll just adopt blockchain. Right, like, but it doesn't. <laughs> right, because it's a fucking terrible database. But it, but everybody might be convinced that it does. I don't know. Yeah, that's, like, well, that's what's it, funny. It's, it's like maybe blockchain it's will always, like. It's always a weird like. We know this is not that useful. We know it's not useful at all. I, had, like a, I had a guy come to me like, this week and he said, like, hey, Josh, I have this great idea for blockchain. What about titles on the blockchain? I was like, oh, God. Ugh. God. Someone's got to do, like, a, like a, a sort of, like, a blockchain ideas uh, list. They mm -hmm. like, blockchain bingo. You can play with your friends. And every time they come to you, like, they discover blockchain. <laughs> you just take it how out. they act. You're like, okay, blockchain. Okay. Oh, like, cool. here's a, here's a problem with Bitcoin. Okay, uh, X for here's the problem with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, you just did one trope. And, like, I have an idea for blockchain. Medical records. Okay, that's another one. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's scratch that off. And, like, I have uh, this other idea for blockchain. What about title records? Okay, title. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> Middle one is, like, I don't know, blockchain mining, yeah. Bitcoin mining. I've been thinking about becoming a miner. Oh, yeah, free space. Because <laughs> everyone follow the other one is a blockchain consultant. Everyone yeah. does that one for a bit. I, I think um I think if I think these hardware companies that make like the hardware wallets, I think they need to have like a little a little uh, a sheet you can fill out of like where you are. Yeah, like yeah. I love these. I, I love I love all of like the things that you can sell to like Bitcoin people. Oh yeah, that are like like. 
That's right, because then they could they could be like, okay, well, if you want faster transactions, why not buy Dash on our platform? Yeah. The things that people come here also. What I think is funny also. I can't, about all this I stuff, can't get over these things are still around. Like there's so many. There's so many fucking. There's so many. So the level of like many. not understanding. This leads me to believe that like we're gonna there'll be another pump and all of this shit's gonna go up. Oh, it has to stupidly. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So what were you saying? I don't know. I got distracted by the dash thing. I always for, <laughs> I always forget about dash being one of these things. That's oh, around. I was gonna say. Like, I, what I think is funny is that like when people come to Bitcoin yeah. or any other blockchain thing, what they do right away is they like they start they they they, they develop this list of concerns that they they never had. Mm. Like transaction speeds are too slow. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, what, when did you? When did that become a concern of yours? I've always hated three-day settlement. <laughs> you didn't know what three-day settlement was until <laughs> yesterday. Right. Like you, you need to like the humility is gone. You you enter blockchain, you instantly become like a transaction settlement expert, and it blows my mind how <laughs> dumb people get. They get here and they just like walk down the road to stupidity. They're like, okay, I'm here. How do I? Where do I? Where do I go dump my brain out? Yeah. And then they like walk over there, they dump their brain out, and then they start talking about Bitcoin. It's like every single time you got to talk about blockchain. You have to you have to remove your brain first, and then we can like have a good conversation about things you care about. And all of a sudden, it's things like transaction speed. Mm. I I have more people say the word M one to me with regard to like counting money in the in, in like the world than I've ever heard. Before. They didn't know what M one even was no, before they got here. They didn't. I know that they didn't because know I didn't know what M one. I didn't know. I didn't know. What, I didn't know these were concerns. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. The, I didn't know what these things were before I got no, here. I, I like they start. Like, they go down <laughs> a libertarian road. They start like <laughs> reflecting like libertarian values. Like I really hate inflationary money. Like, yeah. You don't fucking <laughs> know what inflationary money is, you dumb dumb. You don't know. No. You, nor do you know anything about why you hate it. Yeah. I had a guy, a conversation on Reddit this week with a guy who was telling me how he hates inflationary money. And like he was telling me that the reason he bought Bitcoin is because he read Rich, Poor, Rich Dad Poor Dad. <laughs> oh, God. Are you kidding? No. And I was like, that's so stupid. Well, I said, what in that book got you to Bitcoin? That guy, he was that telling guy, me. That guy came out, the guy that wrote that book, like pro oh, Bitcoin. Yeah. So I, th I think he brought in a whole bunch of dumb people. He's a, he is a dumb dumb. So like, what happened with like? So someone said like that book got me in here. And I was like, oh god, you're so dumb. What in that book did? And he says, well, uh, it's very clear to me that fiat is a liability per the book, and Bitcoin is an asset because fiat is a, a, a an inflationary currency that goes down in value, and Bitcoin is a deflationary currency that goes up in value. And I was like, that is so dumb. People don't see that inflation for the most part, is measured in like the price of the thing. So like Bitcoin was $20,000 when? How long ago? Sean. <laughs> like Camboy Sean, when, when was Bitcoin 20000 bucks? Like eight to nine months ago. Eight to nine months ago. What's the price of it now? Like 6000 something. Eight to... You think it was eight or nine months ago it was 20000 bucks? Was that really that long ago? I think it was in December, and it's August right now. Is that eight months? Holy it, shit. How about that? So it's what, 6000 it's like yeah, something in the it's some it's somewhere in the six thousands right now. Okay, so and I'm pretty sure it was twenty thousand around like mid maybe mid December of last year. T time's flown. This year's gone. This year went back. So what is it? Is that seventy percent inflation? <laughs> oh, I don't even know those numbers. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do math. I, I don't. I don't know. But that that's like guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the idea of like, well, that's not inflation. That's the price. Yeah. Like, no, guys, it's fucking inflation. You have that much less spending ability with your Bitcoin. Yeah, especially if you bought then or you came in like around that time. Yeah, which a lot of these people probably did. 
Guys. Well, I think all I think all of these I think all these people also like never really thought that like maybe holding cash wasn't like a like they realized that like someone told them that if you have if you when you when you go to work and you get paid, you don't just keep storing dollars in your bank account. You actually want to put into something that's going to increase in value over time. I think all of these young people just never knew that before. So traditionally where you'd like where you'd save money up to like buy a house or like like now they're now they're just coming across other investments. So they've, they've never like but like okay, so wait, like the, the, the inflation. Idea. So I think that is okay. So price index. Uh, the, the, you you take uh, inflation formula. So price index this year. I'm, I'm looking online at this price index this year. So mm-hmm. that's six thousand dollars minus price index last year twenty thousand dollars. Okay, divided by price index last year twenty thousand dollars. Sorry, six thousand minus mm-hmm. twenty thousand. 20,000 divided by 20,000 that's times that's negative 14,000 -70%. Oh, you're right. Yeah. How about well, that? that's cuz I did that exact math. I was just doing a percent yeah. change. I just want to make sure that that was in fact the calculation that we but, needed. But that's just that's just since the all-time high. It, it, it's 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 gone up that's a lot since the high. last year, like yeah. a year ago. Right. And, yeah. and and it's constantly going up. Sure. So it's, so it's but that's that's the thing with volatility. Like when you got in, like do you, would you want a dollar that you could buy? Like you could get a dollar. Like you could get paid at your job today. Uh, you could get like I don't know whatever you get paid in your job. You know, like if you're like me, you make four million dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and then next month, um, your four million dollars uh, buys seventy percent less shit. Eight months later, is that is that what you want? Even if there's the prospect of it going up hugely, do you want a world where your currency, your holdings, can decrease such that you cannot even pay your rent? Do you want a world well, where the menu costs? I don't want to get paid something that's locked into like what the. Well, think about it. Like, let's say your rent is eleven hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and the like. What do you what are you going to do as a landlord if the currency is so highly highly fluctuating that your eleven hundred dollars that you're getting could be worth? You know, five what you know five hundred dollars were when you signed the tenant. Mm-hmm. People don't realize. Well, there's an actual cost to this, and what happens is a landlord is going to start pricing rent with the volat the risk of the volatility in mind. So your eleven hundred dollar rent is going to be nineteen hundred or twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, volatility increases prices because risk is increased. So you mm-hmm. have to you have to factor in the price of the volatility. Mm. That's why you want a highly stable currency. Well, that's why. Well, a highly stable and a highly predictable. Currency. Highly predictable. Because you want you want eleven hundred dollars today to be about the same in three years. Yeah, you don't want to have that risk there. That way, you know what to base it off of. You well, want it so that, like, if well, you eleven hundred dollars maybe buys eleven hundred cans of tuna today, and in three years maybe buys like nine hundred sixty cans mm-hmm. of tuna. That's how you want it to go. Yeah. You don't. Like if you're if you're telling me inflation is evil, you're gonna have a lot of trouble telling me what's gone on with Bitcoin the last eight months because that makes Bitcoin like the most evil currency apart from like I don't know the Bolivar and like maybe the lira now. Like it's a huge amount of inflation. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, ask the people that invested at the top what they think. Yeah. <laughs> ask them about inflation. Yeah. <laughs> ask them how they feel today. Yeah. Because I bet they feel a lot like libertarians feel about the Fed taking but, away three percent in the value of currency you don't but, even hold. But you got to just hodl. 
gotta hodl, hodl. You gotta hodl. I'm with you. I'm hodling, but like it's that's yeah. me taking the risk. Yeah. You know. Right. I'm not asking everyone else to like. Like, what's funny is that libertarians commanding everybody to get on Bitcoin and get off fiat is like they're telling other people that they they want the structure to implode such that everybody. Has, is forced to take on the risk of this highly volatile asset, mm. which makes you an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, libertarians are assholes. Well, yeah. We're trying to be alpha men, so that's why that's why we're perceived that's as assholes. That's right. So you gotta you have to like get everyone to get on the Bitcoin train. Yeah. Oh my God. So this is just this is just Bitcoiners trying to move so up we, the dominance. We didn't really finish the Bitmain thing, but like Bitmain basically. Oh, yeah. Has, yeah. 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 Remember we, that? Remember well, we way back, the ETF way back at the, the beginning list. of the yeah. show when we talked about Bitmain. <laughs> so like I think the Bitmain thing is funny because like Bitmain has um, basically they have a ton of Bcash. They can't liquidate it. And they apparently they're failing on uh, improving their chips, which I also learned. From oh this yeah, thing. Their, their last couple chips have been like. <laughs> apparently, their best engineers may have. They're sharding, is what's going on. Yeah, so they're sharding. It seems like Bitmain is not as big of a powerful entity as everyone. That's does. what's going to happen, guys. Like, what do you <laughs> like? Do you, but like, yeah. how, do you think Bitmain? Do you think this IPO thing is going to like affect any? Like, is I it going to affect know. Bitcoin Cash at all? Like, are they going to like dump it like? I really right hope after so. or like is the value of like. Like, I, I really don't know, want like Bitcoin Cash to explode. I think it would be really funny. I want to see some, like, here's the thing. I feel like every single blockchain is, in fact, like uh, like a, a firework ready to explode. And Bitcoin Cash and is going to explode. And it can either explode or it can kind of fizzle. Yeah. And I, I don't think we've seen any explode yet. So, like, I'm waiting for it. We got really close recently. We, we've seen a few explode, but they were small fireworks, like yeah. a coiled coin with Luke Dash Jr. Um, there have been another, a number of others. But, like, a lot of them Verge. have had, uh, yeah, Verge. <laughs> a lot of them have had, like, moments where it looks like they're about to explode. I think Ethereum's had a number. Um, Bitcoin really hasn't had any. No, of course not. Not in recent years. Like, maybe when that guy printed a shit ton of coins uh, back in the day that we had to, like, fix the hole. Mm -hmm. um, that was possibly a time when Bitcoin was going to explode. But, like, that was, that was a small group. It was, like, when 35 people were into this. Yeah. You know, that was probably Craig Wright doing that. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I think that there's, I, I, I think I want to see something explode. I want it to happen. Because what I want is I want people to, like, have to assess these coins for the risk that they actually are. Mm. Which I don't think that people actually do right now. Mm. Like an actual, like an actual complete. But, like, it seems like even if there was an explosion, there'd be some centralized, like, response from, like, whoever is That's fine. there. That's fine. And then, so like, now it let's, may not let's affect talk, the price of it. Let's talk, maybe. But let's talk the way, about the when the price is down Bitcoin and less people are into this, like, I think that stuff affects it a little bit more. And the Bitcoin Cash community is, like, they're having kind of like a, a splinter. Um, well, duh. Satoshi, well, right. <laughs> but Sato Who predicted that? Not <laughs> Well, of course, Nak Nakamoto Dundee is trying to do his own uh, implementation. Schismatic's going to be schismatic, but it like has, but it seems like their plans for like what they're going to, the, like what they're going to have in there is just like they're, they're, he's like trying to he's trying to recreate the original Bitcoin, the, the original Bitcoin, Bitcoin SV, Satoshi's yeah. vision. Here's the thing, Craig, if you're listening to this, and I know you're not, but if it's Satoshi's vision, and you claim your Satoshi, why don't you just call it Craig's vision? Yeah, yeah, why not? Because that that's weird that you're referring to yourself in the like godly sense. Yeah. Like it's Satoshi's this like weird god. It's and you're coming out and saying this is Satoshi's vision, but also claiming that you're <laughs> Satoshi. It's weird and it's I, I don't know. It is it is beyond the pale in some ways. Yeah. Just say it's Craig's vision. Yeah. Just just embrace it, Craig. 
Craig, Craig's place. Craig, Craig's place. Yeah, Craig's. I like that. Craig's, call it Craig Bitcoin shit. Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin Craigslist. <laughs> That's going to be his implementation. Yeah. yeah. He, he is giving money to, uh, I think he's trying to raise I money saw for Corey, though. I saw this. I, like, I, he's, bribing, he's bribing the developer who found the hole. Well, he, I, he wants to offer like a $100,000 reward to him for finding the exploit. Yeah, Craig, you can send me that money. I'll take it. Yeah. But like some of their ideas are bad. He wants to like go back to like a hundred was it uh hundred and twenty eight megabyte block blocks. Size? Yeah, oh, that's fine. He what what happened what happened they, to Big Blocks? To I thought that he was all about big blocks. They want to remove the limit to how many opcodes you can have. Okay. In, in, a, in, in, in uh in a transaction? In 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 uh like in a transaction in like an output, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Which, how many can you have now? Um I don't know how many worth? you can have now, but the, it said they want to remove the limit of like two hundred and one. But like I'm, I, I might be very wrong about this, but I imagine that if you don't have a limit and how many opcodes you can insert, it's very easy to like DOS the chain. I bet it is. And that's why there's a limit there to begin with. But there wasn't a limit. Could you, imagine a, she created could, you, because could you imagine a spam attack where well, like someone has a bunch of money and is doing the spams and then just also in addition to that, just spamming opcodes? Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of the Bitcoin cash The math general, is the same, by the way, in terms of like if you're a miner spamming the chain and like you get back a lot of that money like a per, as, as a percentage of your mm -hmm. mining. Like you could do the math. Your your percentage of return is going to be the same whether you're spamming opcodes or not. Yeah. Well, the, the, the funny thing about Bitcoin cash is that their, their plans for like expanding the functionality of Bitcoin to be like whatever is to like modify and add, and add back in all of these opcodes. Like they're... they're they're making these changes at the transaction level to like do more things, but like a lot of the reasons we don't do those things in Bitcoin is because like they carry with them like a lot of like fucked up things, like that exploit Corey found. Like I don't know, like like the reaction to that, like and everything around it, like he makes some good points. I I, I think I think they're gonna like they're gonna have a fork. Well, like, I don't think have I don't a, think people realize they already, they already released a software that Corey that had the giant problem. Did they right. actually release it? I think that that was software that that was actually I thought it, being I, run. I thought it was. I thought it was, was like, it beta. I think it, no. It, it was like version seventeen or something of 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 Bitcoin ABC. Right. See, hadn't that, but hadn't I don't know that been they, released? I don't know if they had officially released. Oh, it so yet. here's here's the thing. If it had been released already and it's already something people can get, then they're going to fork. Well, I think now it's not something that that specific exploit can't happen again. Why not? Well, because someone like, can just run that version of the software. Well, you. would... Well, you need somebody to run that with that. Yeah. It's it, like that's what I'm saying. All but, someone but, has to do is run that it, version of the software. But it would just be that person running that version. Unless unless there's a bunch of other people who are on, on version 17 as well. But there I, might be there might be 10, 15, 20, 100, maybe a thousand nodes that continue running that. I'm looking this up right now, and it seems that the vulnerability was discovered before the client was ah, okay. released. All right, so even all right. even Corey in his blog post that makes sense. said that, that it wasn't put in okay but <laughs> that would have been really fun. like why what how many other sh how much other shit is in there right or is going to end up being in there like they're lucky that Corey was looking at this yeah they are so lucky oh yeah like that was a that was a big which i don't know are other core devs like looking at it like he cory made a good reason as to why he was looking at it like he he's he like there may be something there to learn from um i, I don't know like like it, it, it's such a weird there's there's there, there's, there's, there's things that like you, the, uh, the devs working on Bitcoin Cash, they may make a change here and there, and it, it might, it may affect things in such a weird way that is uncaught that completely fragments the chain, and that is what the vulnerability would have been. That would have been hilarious. That would have been, that would have been like such a fuck up for that thing, you know? Oh my god! 
and like that that whole community. But I mean, you, you called it. They're very fragmentatious. Uh, Craig Wright might be the fragmentation there. No, they're fractious and, completely. And it, and it might be Roger trying to figure out like how much he actually wants to associate with him. If Craig Wright goes and's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a search. Well, again, the, the the history of the church is pretty like simple here. Mm-hmm. Like the church itself uh, split early on, and it, it it split between the the east and the west. So whatever, not a big deal. Like they had a they had a very weird controversy um, about uh, the I think it was a Nicene Creed and whether uh, oh. what proceeds from what. It's a hilariously esoteric argument that like would make no sense to anybody today, at that, all. That that's how it fragmented. Right. Like it was very like. So then Martin Luther comes along and he fragments further from the the, the Roman Catholic Church, mm. and well he doesn't himself, but like a church grows out of that from factious fractious people. And what you, ha- what you then have in the Church of England, you have people, like, you have examples of fractious uh, behavior throughout history in the church. And what happens is it just, it, like, it starts a tree of fractiousness. Mm. So it has to happen in Bitcoin. That's just how people behave. Mm. Like, that's how people behave, like, they're, they're fractious in nature? Or once you have, like, something well, you have that, this, like, that tends to be fractious, it's right. just... You have, you have the notion of orthodoxy, and orthodoxy being, like, sort of, like, the original, the accepted, Right. And then you have this sort of fractiousness from the orthodoxy, and that's what happens. Like that's the altcoins aren't that different from that. Um, you know, Bitcoin Cash isn't different from that. Uh, but yeah, you have like governments like, are the different. Like, no, they're not. They're not. Like and like the United States decided to fragment from yeah, Britain. exactly. <laughs> and by the way, and you have I, fractious people within the United States. Um, the, the United States incidentally built a government that is like good at dealing with fractiousness. We we talked about the Mitch's Mulberg thing before, right? You brought that up on the show. Yeah. Um, there is a source written by some guy that's very obscure, and it's a first-handed account of what went on during the American Revolution. And his account is completely contradictory to like what a lot of our forefathers thought. He said that like guys like Sam Adams and shit were actually like a bunch of assholes, and the 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 torch they made out that like Great Britain was imposing on everybody were like not that bad. Everything was fine. They just wanted to like they just convinced a lot of people to like. Get away! That way, they had all the power. I believe that, that. That's his testimony. That's not that bad. I mean, I'm like, not saying I can that's exactly, accurate. I can see how that, how that testimony is like someone's testimony from that time. I, that wouldn't surprise me if that's like his interpretation of like true. of what happened is very different. Well, like, think about it today. Like people would be like, "It's not so bad," and it's not. Yeah. Like the banning of Alex Jones has very little effect, for example, on like free speech of yours and mine. The question is like, what happens next, and mm-hmm. does like what what road are we on? Right. What what what. Did, Yo. Bless me. Sneezing. Bless, um, bless you. I, I, I want, yeah. May the God of the Gap. Ooh, yeah, there uh, we go. Bless, bless your sneeze. I like to receive a blessing from you about, about that. But like, but the frank, but like, what happens next? And like, when you have things do things, it carries on in that culture. Kind of what you just said about the fractiousness. Well, yeah. What happens in the censorshipness? Does that carry on? Where now it's like more and more acceptable to just ban people who have like weird opinions. That's, that's what I'm wondering. Like, it's like, also easy it's to that people like you've, you've, you've moved, you've moved the line. So like, here's where extremism was. Now it's like Alex Jones is an extremist. That guy won an award years ago from Austin. You know that? Really? He was in the Austin Magazine as the best of Austin. <laughs> like for, for for the same shit. He was a conspiracist then. He's a conspiracist now. Austin like nothing like, has changed. What's funny about him is that guy's been like reporting the same stupid conspiracy theories forever. Like lizard. You ever heard of David Icke? Oh, the lizard man guy. Yeah, I've heard of that guy. Yeah, yeah. so he's phenomenal. <laughs> like, I think they're like basically friends. I think the two of them have like a lot of very aligned views, and they believe a lot of this weird shit. Oh yeah, that like, like like the global power elites. Yes. And, and, and weird shit like that. Yeah. What do you know about the Katy Perry thing? 
No. I know somebody that really believed in these conspiracies, and this was not. I bet like, this has to do with the Illuminati. It, yes, I knew it. And that Katy Perry <laughs> is like an instrument of the Illuminati. I want that because she has a bunch of like weird images. Do you in her want videos. that to be as true as I want that to be true? I would love it to be. I would true. like that to be At true. At the time, it was infuriating because I was like, "This is so stupid. How can you believe it?" Dude, there's a great podcast called Those Conspiracy Guys. Okay. Okay. And they they go through conspiracies, and I like them because they generally take a very like a very measured approach to conspiracies, and they just kind of tell you both sides. They recently did one on monetary uh, theory, like the Fed and everything else. Ooh. Dude, they went off the rails. They like were all full on like libertarian like mise and bullshit. Like they came to the conclusion that like they they just entered with the premise oh. that this was like that money's bad that like uh you know the Fed's printing and, you know, and the, the printing so of the money is so and terrible it's, and it's going into their hands. Quantitative easing is just printing money. J- J- Janet Yellen's just lining yep. her pockets. It with, was amazing. Yeah, I was like these these conspiracies get people who were otherwise rational once they like find one they can accept. It's they are off to the races. They went in with that premise. Yes. Well, Did that's they, what happens. It changes your premises. That's why Saifedean's book is so shit. Because like it cha- he's, he has premises that are unchallenged. Mm. Like he's just going in with like really dumb premises. Yeah. Well, the, right. It's these assumptions and then talking about or coming to conclusions. Yeah, those assumptions. exactly. Well, did they change their minds or did they, did they change? Like, no. They, they just they went in with the premise and then they, they told everybody that the Fed was evil. Oh, God. It's such a dumb thing. It really because is. Because it's, it's such a... But it's also such a... You know, even if you like... It's a, it, it simplifies it too much. Like, it, it's too... It, it's, it's not that simple. Like, this stuff is really complex. Like, you can, call, you, can, you can think it's bad. But, like, the reasons you're saying it's bad are right. not good reasons. No, they're not. Like, maybe, maybe you have a good point. Maybe, maybe, maybe there is problems in, our, in how, our, how our money is working. Like, maybe it is event, eventually going to have, like, big issues. There are problems. But, but like... There are problems, but it's it's not catastrophic. We have no evidence of that yet. There's always talks about like this giant fallout coming that never happens. Everything keeps getting better. And even if there are these little hiccups here and there, things are usually resolved. Well, also I think libertarians believe that like the uh, the money money is going to go to zero. The currency will fail at some point and that America will just cease to be a country, which isn't how that works. That's never going to happen. That's not going to ha- how how does that play out? Like and then, and then at the end of it all, they all, everybody they all the have their golden lucre. Everybody so they just become the wealthiest people on earth. Like, that's the thing. Libertarianism and these, like, weird gold conspiracy <laughs> things, they are, in fact, nothing more than a weird bet that you can have a Hail Mary, like, future where the world collapses and you're the, you're the only one with the gold. Yeah. Now, I, I, I understand things like putting money overseas in case shit gets bad. Because, like, I see this. If, for example, in America, this, like, intersectionalist stuff goes really bad and let's say you end up with like the the beginnings and smatterings of like a weird genocide then it, you know having some money overseas you'd probably be pretty happy about that what if they start taking the money from the one percent mm. the money lebowski right what if they take it because that's the way that's the like, way that's just like they did in like cyprus that's the way to balance the the power higher right what if that just happens Right. So, like, I understand making... Which would be great for Bitcoin, by the right. way. Right. I understand. Which is, like, right. Of course. <laughs> which is a weird, like, incentive for, like... I understand hedging. I get it. Like, yeah. you should probably consider hedging. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think that, like, there is potential for, like, bad shit. We've seen, we saw it all throughout the 20th century. There is stuff that can happen that's not good. Mm-hmm. But, like, fucking hedging against... Again, like for a future where the the, cur- the like the the world just like goes to shit is a very funny hedge. Yeah, and said, like, but like, 
if the intersectional stuff takes over, like where, where like, well, where, I'm not saying that, like, like I'm not, oh, here's the thing. I'm not saying that intersectionalism leads to, I think I'd go to like Thailand. genocide. I'm saying that like, I see, I see some really problematic like worldviews coming out of this and they scare me. Mm. And like, it's enough to make me think that like, ah, oh, sure. Like maybe people should put a little bit of money overseas in case shit gets real bad. Mm. Like I get that. I understand hedging. It's a, like, it's not a bad thing to do. Some people do it poorly. They don't report their taxes. A good example is Ty Warner, who made, you know, so like, I don't know, like $3 billion uh, on Beanie Babies. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, put $80 million that he didn't pay in taxes into a Swiss account and uh, then ended up in jail, having to teach minority children how to do entrepreneurship. He actually didn't go to jail. He got like a, you know, yeah, when you get bracelet. that, you ain't that rich, you don't go, you don't have to go to jail. Well, what's funny is it was 80 million of like 3 billion, <laughs> which is like a very small <laughs> amount. I know. That's funny. He put himself at risk and got caught why, for like a why fraction. Would you, of why would you? He got like a $60 million fine. So he put like $80 million overseas, got like $60 million why, of it fined. Why would you think you can get away with that? Like Because you can until you can't. It's like a, it's a weird, I don't know. It is what it is. I feel like, like when you have that much sense. money, it's like I, I don't know why you just don't pay your taxes. taxes. Just, pay, yeah. just pay them and then, like, and then take the money you pay taxes on and put it overseas. Yeah. It's very easy. You can hide money without doing anything illegal. People are always trying to avoid taxes, and they end up like... Like 80 million bucks. He got like, I think, a $60 million tax bill on it. So he went from 80 million to 20 million that he had like hit overseas. Just should have just like fucking paid his taxes, taken the 30% cut, and he could have put in like, I don't know, 60 million overseas instead of 20. Yeah. And legally. Or he could have put 80 million regardless if he just paid the taxes. Yeah. Hmm. Anyhow, did you... Did, Oh, uh, we, we didn't talk about the ETF yet. I was about to. Andreas, oh, oh, Andreas uh, talked about the ETF this week. Yeah. As There's a lot a of speculation. Like, a lot well, of people think that the ETF is coming. Everybody thinks, everyone's talking about the ETF. Yeah. These these whale chats or the, the, the whale pool, like the, the traders, everyone's like, what, like what's the ETF news? I think there's like a few proposals on the table, yeah. right? Yeah. I think the ETF is going to have very little effect on the price. Probably. I think. I don't know. But, like, maybe it won't. Maybe it'll be an outsized uh, effect on the price. Okay, great. Well, it, it, if it had an effect, it would be that a lot of people are on the sidelines waiting for an ETF to yeah. come around so they can put money And I'm okay with an ETF. I think that an ETF is fine. I, I think that people need to be aware of the risk. Even an ETF mm -hmm. keeps its Bitcoin in a sock drawer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so where is it? Well, It's in a sock drawer. It's it, in a sock drawer, guys. Yeah. That's where the money is. Right. And that much money, of that's that much Bitcoin in one location... Imposes risks on the absolutely, which is that well, was Andreas's point, right? No, I don't think it imposes risks on like the community. Well, not on the community, but on the price. Well, yeah, it, it can, but also, I think I think also like, on the whole like ETF thing to begin with, because what I just think I, I think that the ETF will be like because here's the thing: if the if an ETF is is a big old ETF, and um, they're hodling the money, and then someone comes and steals it, and that person who steals it is hodling the money, I don't think that the price changes much. Probably not. No, I think that that basically doesn't touch Bitcoin. I also wonder, like, if an ETF gets their money stolen, let's say they're insured. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're insured to whatever amount the Bitcoin is. Does that mean that they have to rebuy the Bitcoins into the ETF if they get it stolen? So, Which could so, be very funny. So they, they have like, a billion dollars, they get a billion dollars in insurance. It, the billion and then they have to use and that billion dollars to, to buy, buy more Bitcoin. Bitcoin. So, right. like, it might actually be really good might be if ETFs are going under and it would be a great source of, like, fiat leak. Right. I, like, that's what I'm wondering. Like, how does that work? Because, like, they're going to get it insured. It's also it's also the idea of, like, an ETF having, like, like what happened? Like, what, what if they, they have Bitcoin and then, like, 
like there's like a fork thing again. Well, like, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. Is like be the like I think ETFs will just keep the money in the forks. Just hold. Oh yeah, that's what I would do if I were the ETF. Which would be interesting because does that make the ETF like that gives it a value that like yeah. Because it's like, oh, we, 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 haven't, we haven't touched the fork coins and they're all there. Well, they would have money. to verify that they can touch the fork coins. Right. right. It's also like, um, how do they, how do they, like, they, like if, you're, if you have an ETF of Bitcoin and it's not a fork and it's not Bitcoin Cash, like, I want to see how they, like, specifically define Bitcoin. I mean, right. I'm guessing it's in the proposals right now. But, like, we, we t- you talked about this a long time ago. Like, you, and you, I remember some source, this was from a few years ago, about, like, the ETF decision... That the government was making because it was like, well, how do you how do you define what these things are? Um, because like we're, we're asking about like what is Bitcoin in you know in our world? How, like they have to come up with like a metric for like what is Bitcoin? We've, we've kind of talked about this before a little bit, right? Like oh, the court or Bitcoin, like the court decides that like this is Bitcoin, not that. To like, I don't know, right? There's like weird legal implications of like creating an ETF out yeah, of yeah. It'll stuff. get weird. And like I don't know. Apparently September is when the SEC is going to like rule on some of these things. So I don't know what's going to happen, dude. So is the, is the Zcash forum saying that they are declaring victory on the Monero hard well, forks? Is that what's going on here? What's like what is this? Well, apparently they were. It's on the Zcash forum. That's a good find. But they said that like Monero won its battle. They're saying that Monero won its battle with ASICs. I think the Zcash community is not really sure what to do about the ASIC thing. And they're now looking at Monero because the alt. Remember how we talked about this, but Monero like changed its algorithm. They noticed the hash power was going up after a while, and they're like, "Oh, there were ASICs developed for Monero." And then they did their planned hard fork, and then like that, then a bunch of like alt, a bunch of Monero forks happened that were not ASIC resistant. Right. Um, well, all of those forks have kind of like dropped off in hash power. The value of, has gone down, and Monero right. Monero has continued, which looks good. Um, I don't think that's a really good argument as to why. Like ASIC resistance is a good idea, and I don't think that really wins the ASIC resistance argument from Monero. Right. But the Zcash community, I think, I think Zuko is very like ASIC resistance is not a good idea, and I think some of these people like are trying to like use this to push for it. Really, with Zcash. I think that's why it was on their forum. Yeah. I don't think that they've won. I think that these currencies still persist in the way that like. Well, I don't think that Ethereum is won against Ethereum ca- uh, Classic. Right. Well, these Monero forks are still around. Yeah. Like, I, I don't see why you can't just pick up mining them at some point. I don't even know if that matters. Like, it's, it, like, yeah, Monero is still on top, but, like, and it, it, apparently, like, its hash rate has gone down, and it's, like, it, it's been going up at, like, at a gradual rate, so it's not like there has been ASICs developed for it within the last six months or so. Right. Um, but, like, I don't know. It's just a very short-term vision if you're going to, like, declare ASIC resistant winning here. Dude, Barron's has an article called, uh, let's see, what is it? God damn it. Uh, August 17th, 2018, so it's just come out, by Avi Salzman. Blockchain is starting to show real promise amid the hype. <laughs> Barons. What did they, but like, what are they trying they're, to say? They're, they're interviewing IBM. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's why. Yeah. It's just, we're going to get into like corporate blockchain stupidness there. Well, that's what that article is going to be Let's about. not forget, Barons is the one that ran my article about horse semen. Oh, yeah. Well, so. that's why. <laughs> is Barons... <laughs> Barron's is a completely credit, discredible source when it comes to blockchain. <laughs> it used they to be a credible no idea. One. Well, it used to be a credible source in general. But it used like, to be a credible source in general. But, but like blockchain, now it's, right. you, you tank that. You yeah, pre- right. You, pre- <laughs> <laughs> you, you tank their credibility when it comes to other cities. Huzzah! <laughs> Victory. 
I, I wrote his on that article. I think they removed it. I got an, I got a letter from them saying like I, I sent them. I was actually uh, driving from Naples uh, to back back to Fort Lauderdale, and I wrote I wrote the article on my phone while not looking, sitting there driving as as like my girlfriend sat in the in the seat next to me. I was just like writing it, and I sent it without any spell check, nothing. Okay. I just sent. <laughs> I sent sorry. You sent the you sent the. The yeah. thing that you wrote for them. Yeah, I wrote it, and then I, I didn't spell check. I didn't look at it twice, and I hit send on my email. And then I get an email like two days later that's like, hey, um, maybe we're going to publish it. Can I get your like location? So I give it to them. And then like they don't tell me they published it, but they publish it. But they publish it with all of the humor removed, right. and it looks like just a, a normal article about in Barron's about how I love <laughs> love blockchain. Yeah. That was, which was hilarious. Yeah, that was such a funny thing because they removed their. <laughs> you, you you did it as like with a, with a, it was like a it was a satire of like of of, of blockchain's usefulness in the space. Mm-hmm. You got into horse semen. They removed that part and took it like literally. Right. Without they took the it humor. literally. They didn't they didn't seem to understand that it was a complete asinine joke. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. Like I remember back in the day when it was just Bitcoiners, me, whatever. Like when I would say something on Twitter, I would have like an outsized influence. Right? Mm-hmm. I would say something, it would be amplified along a lot of Bitcoiners, and there would be a lot of people that went and argued it. Now, my voice is completely lost in the whirlwind of bullshit. Mm. There's so many people looking at the space that like, an article can come out from Barron's and receive more, uh, more credit and like readership and people who believe it's just true because it's Barron's than anything I write, which is fine, but hilarious because... like. This is bullshit. Well, you're you don't you don't have the, the they're barons like they're they're they're. A well, I've had an article in barons. Yeah, <laughs> but that didn't do a lot for people <laughs> following you, I guess. No, blockchain is not a technological solution to technological problems. It's a technological solution to political problems. A political problem within a business. You don't want to. PayPal or an eBay or an Uber or a Facebook at the center of a lot of markets because that gives a tremendous amount of power to those entities, greater than arguably even AT&T had when it was the center of the phone market. What the fuck does that mean? What are you going to put blockchain at the center of? And, and by the way, IBM controls all of your servers, so IBM is the center of that shit then. Yeah. It's insane. Well, they haven't learned anything. They have. IBM has learned that this is how you market to dum-dums. <laughs> well, IBM has learned. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> They've learned how to market. They've if 15 years ago, if someone said to you they that mention, we're going they to see Star? the advent. They mentioned they, I don't see it. See the advent of self-driving cars <laughs> on the street before we see T plus two settlements and before you can walk from one doctor's office to the next and have your health care records precede you there, you would have been declared crazy, right? Says Blythe Masters. No. <laughs> no one thought that, Blythe. Nobody. That was like <laughs> T plus two day settlement isn't has never been a thing anyone was concerned with until like the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're all obsessed with T0, and we think that like it's, it's like sending a guy to a moon to do T0 settlement. <laughs> I can do T0. Here's the thing with T0 settlement. I do T0 settlement all the time. Mm-hmm. When I pay cash for my cocaine, that's a T0 transaction, you stupid dum-dums. That's the purpose of cash. Yeah. It's for T0 transactions. You have been able to do T0 transactions on a peer-to-peer basis forever, and it's faster than Bitcoin in person. Yeah. And cheaper. But online. 
on the on, over HTTP. They're gonna love Lightning Network. They're gonna they, love if they it lo- if they love if they That's love the instant settlement. All that Bitcoin does is it moves <laughs> cash from like the cash in the streets to cash online. That's it. Yeah, it's great. That's cool. Are, love it. Do you think there's gonna be a wave of people saying how like Bitcoin's Lightning Network is 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 not is like it has like some weird flaw that isn't a real flaw, and then they're, they're gonna like they're gonna start like declaring that they need some other altcoin that does exactly what it does. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> like. Like this is gonna be like lightning on Ripple. I just heard about lightning. Like, <laughs> I'm here to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see safety? And like I, I think we talked about this last week. He tweeted my. He tweeted my. Uh, I, I just heard about Bitcoin. Bitcoin I'm here to he fix tweeted it. your meme. He, he was hates like, me. He's like this meme has been in here for a while. It's very, very, very true. I'm just really happy about this he, meme. He called like, you, safety. He called you, you fat. He did call me fat. Yeah. Yeah. He he, he fat shamed me. Yeah. He's not a very. Uh, we got to talk about that. I, I, we should talk about the like Mike in space thing that happened this week. Yeah. Which is a little weird. Um, Mike Mike in space. Uh, got in a little bit of trouble, a little, little bit. bit of trouble. A little bit when he when he uh, <laughs> he proposed uh, basically Sybil attacking bad reviews on Safety and Smoke. Yeah, <laughs> and it got a little salty online. Uh, everyone thought it was a little bit in, in a little bit poor taste, which it was. But you know what? I like Mike. Mm-hmm. I like Mike, and I think I, I don't think that he was trying to do anything bad. I think what he was trying to do was like. <laughs> It was, it was ill-advised, but I think he was just trying to like do more social commentary. He, incidentally, he's right. Safety's book is a piece of garbage. Um, but for like, I, I think that I think that you can criticize it on its merits, as opposed to like Having getting a bunch of people to write bad reviews. You guys, like, just read the book. It's it's a it's terrible. Yeah. Give Safety <laughs> your money. Let him. You know, he's he's probably going to sell a thousand copies of this thing, and <laughs> and like he needs it. He spent we- a long time writing this book. And what's funny about the book, by the way. Is he is articulating stuff that Bitcoiners have been articulating for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, this the idea of like Bitcoin backed currency, safety. That's not your idea. It's a stupid idea, but it's somebody else's idea. It's mm-hmm. been around in the Bitcoin space for a long time. Now, if you think it's your idea, it's because you just got here. Mm-hmm. So that that's there's a lot of weird embrace thing. of like safety in his book by like people on or at least that's Dude, what i see the, the book is just a confirmation of bias that's and it you it's also nothing the, but confirmation you also have bias. the simultaneous carnivore thing that safety's been like I've, he says he's been doing the carnivore diet for years now it's turning him into an, a dick and maybe yeah well, i'm watching him on twitter he's like he's going after people he's it's very funny because like you know like he's he, he 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 doesn't argue with people on the merits of his own arguments he mm. doesn't so like this th- that's what's funny about the mike and space controversy is that mike and space proposed that people criticize safety's book on uh in, in a way that did not challenge the merits of the book so that's wrong and i he, disagree with that and when he was called but out, that's he, what well, safety does right well when he was called out on it too mike mike's response to like being found out that like someone told Safedine was not like the best reaction. That was also a little bit important. Well, you know, okay. no, I got, I got to say this. Like, I, I think, I think Mike has done a really good job with the humor in the space. I think that social commentary is really hard because it takes a lot of humility to be at the center of like social commentary and to be sort of like willing to accept what it is to be a mirror to mm-hmm. the community. Like, you have to be willing to accept the bad shit with the good shit. And the problem is that like when you're doing humor, you are doing politics, right? You're doing politics through like basically accepting the bad things of a community. You are being the foil to the community. That's where humor is. Mm-hmm. And, and Mike's done a really great job of that. The problem is that like when you lose, I, I think when you lose sight of your responsibility to mirror 
and and to not necessarily be like explicit in your objections in the debate, like you can get into a little bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think I, I don't think that we're free from that. Like I, I think that I personally probably am, am just as guilty of, uh, of 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 walking into that territory, despite being what I think is like main, my goal mainly being social commentary and humor. Like I like fart jokes. That's that's mainly why I'm here. And I do think that like there are times when we sort of break uh, break character in that aspect. And I think that's what happened here is that like he broke character, um, which is fine. But now he has, he had, like, I, I was telling him in, in our chat, like, you have an option, you can, like, double down and, and, uh, and accept it and become, like, Milo Yiannopoulos, which is fine, or you can apologize. I think those are kind of the two options. And I think a lot of people view apologies as, like, being sort of, uh, like, losing ground. But I think when you, make a, when you make a mistake, it's probably better to just own up to it. Yeah. And, then, and then, like, I think you can apologize and be like, I'm sorry, you're right. I didn't criticize on its merits. Let me read it. You wait a few days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a few days. I'm sure the book is shit because yeah. you're a dum-dum. <laughs> right. I, I'm still sure of that. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, you're right. I should engage it on its merits. Yeah. We'll see. And yeah, it is dumb. In fact, a lot of the safety and stuff I'm giving you, Mike, go ahead and use some of this if you want. This is like, I'm telling you why I think his book is shit. Yeah. Because like, you can go ahead and, and, and review it. I think I'll review it on Amazon too. And like, Mike, Mike, Mike's like, Bitcoin Car Talk, his memes, they're great. They're he, funny. He, Mike's he, a funny fucking guy. I bet he could make a lot of funny shit out of his if he needs bullshit. Well, like, we've been talking about doing a segment here where I like find hilarious parts of the book. Yeah. And like, some of the book is inscrutable. Like, a lot of it's decently well written, which surprised me. <laughs> um, it like, very surprising. I really didn't know that like, Based on his Twitter, I didn't know that safety could construct sentences. But like, <laughs> but like some of the, it, 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 maybe it's just a, you can read. Maybe it's just the work of a talented editor. Um, but if I can find a little <laughs> bit more hilarity in the book in terms of like long sentences that mean absolutely nothing, I think we'll do a uh, a, a segment where we read them because they're they're very f- they're great. very funny. I've seen some I've seen some that other people have pulled from the book, uh-huh. and they are just meaningless. Just meaningless. <laughs> and I love it. I but think it, it's funny. But we, we need a book fe- like that in Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. We need, we need to feel good about, like, hard money. <laughs> you oh, say, yeah. You say he's going to sell, like, a thousand copies? Oh, like, maybe. Do you think this I think is that'll be, be about it. Do you think that's, like... Because, like, you were kind of... Th- you, you said something to me about, like, this is... Like these, like how how um, when you release a book these days, like you kind of like go on tour and shit. Yeah, the way that it's always so, been this way. So the way that books work is that like a company a company takes a risk on you. All right, mm-hmm. uh, book book companies publishers are just venture capitalists of uh, of of books. Right, they take a risk, and what they do is they invest a lot of money into the marketing of the book, including by the way paying for placement in stores. Okay. Okay. Um, there are exceptions to that, but for the most part, that's what it is. And the stores want to place books that will sell in prominent areas of the store because that matters. Uh, so, you know, they're going to send him on tour. They're going to give the book the best chance it's got. They're going to try to sell it. They print, generally a first run is between five and 10,000. They print these books. They send the, the, the author on tour. They sell books at the event. They hope that books sell in the store. And if they don't, then they don't publish again. They don't print again. Mm-hmm. If they sell like hotcakes, they print again. And they like that's that's how books rise to the top. And they take a, a risk on a large swath of like shit books, and they a few of them rise to the top, and and like those are the books that go on to uh, get printed again and again and again and again. Mm. I don't think this will be one of those, <laughs> 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 but it might be. This isn't this isn't like art of the deal. 
This is a, no. This a is no art of the deal. Book. This is this is not art of the deal. This is a this is a lesser book. Although I, you know, like it depends. Like, I don't know. Safety might end up in a weird spot where like the Bitcoin bull run happens again. If we end up in another bull run, maybe three years from now, and that and, and his book is the one that is like sitting on the market as the Bitcoin book. Yeah. You wait. Like you're gonna watch it in Barnes and Noble or in other stores or in Amazon. It will suddenly be on the front page, mm-hmm. and everybody will buy it. And it'll rise up. And then, and then it'll get a second printing. Safe he will get some weird interview with somebody and like. And he'll 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 go on Larry King if uh-huh. he's still alive. I don't mean Safe Dean, I mean Larry. Um, and <laughs> and and they'll interview him and he'll like just sound just so dumb. But yeah. it won't matter because people will be like, oh, he's an expert. Yeah. <laughs> And then we'll then we'll then we'll all be they'll be eating meat too. And we'll have right. They'll all he'll 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 he'll, he'll disciple his uh, meat eating and libertarian money ideas. Dude, the meat eating thing is funny too because like as a, if that trend the carnivore diet like continues in trend, a lot of these like left vegan vegetarian people are gonna hate oh, they're gonna anybody eat, yeah. that is on this diet. Oh, that'll be great because like that it's such a like it's, it's so antithetical. Like though. it's such it's so antithetical to like. The whole like I just like what people say like we let lesser animals eat our vegetables and then we consume them after they've consumed the nutrients. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that there's given that the oppression hierarchy matters? Do you think that there's going to be a day when cows rise up to the top? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, effectively they're the slaves of the modern day. Well, does the oppression hierarchy exist for? Uh, entities outside of humans. If if PETA has anything to say about it, like I could see that happening, right? That would be great that if they be very got funny. more involved in all of this. That's what I'm saying. Do you, do you think like cows will organize protests? <laughs> People are just show a bunch of cows to yep. like stand outside Washington D.C. Oh yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we I don't know. Like <laughs> that'd be funny. The hin- the Hindis will love it. Well, because there is a hierarchy of animals and, and like intelligence and stuff. If it's not, it's, it's I don't think it's going to be the dolphins. It'll be pigs. It'll be pigs and dolphins. Pigs are actually kind of smart. Are they? Uh, uh, they're smarter than people smart think. Smart enough to make a sign? <laughs> <laughs> if pigs were smart, they'd produce less bacon. Because that's delicious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So anyhow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, God. Is that everything? I think we got more. Oh, uh, well, there's <laughs> more. I think, what I else think, we got? Sean, you do the next one. I've lost, what, I've lost track of these notes. This is the worst show oh, we've ever done. This is terrible. Worst. Oh, um, someone sent this in recently. I think it was like Vake, that Bumble starting a female investment fund. Good. And then earlier this week, and this was actually interesting because uh, apparently there's a uh, A16Z is lining up a associate VC firm specifically for black investors. Okay. But it's not for black, like run startups, okay, or businesses. It's for like uh, black people with money, like athletes and celebrities, to get into the tech VC world and invest in other companies. Why don't they just invest in the normal way? Because there's barriers to entry in tech. Why? Because that's where the ideology is, and this is probably a great move by A16Z to appear like they're. Uh, but it's so racist. Well, it's very like we'll have another. So, so what are you saying? Like black people can't invest the normal way. So we're providing another way for them to invest. I guess that's what they're saying. That's so racist. Yeah. Well, it's a new meaning of like black people money. 
Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Is that is it the Black People Money Fund? It's basically what it is. But oh. they're just going to invest in whatever A16Z is doing. So like, if A16Z is putting money into like some of these firms, they're just going to follow along. I, dude, I, god damn it! But like, there's these weird. I don't know. Like, there's there's weird. You see these things. Like I I don't understand the point of that. Like I I, I mean I guess that's not terrible, but it's it's kind of weird. Is Vitalik having a mental breakdown? Not yet. But he I, I feel like way. he is. He tweet, so it's uh, like I a tweet storm about the history of Casper. It, it really is a sev- long one. It's seventy-one. It's like seventy-five tweets. Holy dude. shit! I'm still looking. It's at this. very. This it's so inc- I I can't I couldn't read through all of it, but it kind of comes to like it kind of you kind of hit it earlier with like the kicking the can or the the yeah. punting the ball. Like that's just what the history is. It's a lot of like here's an idea. This is the idea. This is what we're, we want to do, and it's just it, it's just it it really highlights like they're not. What, are they ever going to move to proof of stake? Probably not. If they do, it'll be hilarious. But it's always like we're we're going to just keep punting and keep pushing things back. I don't know. Does he does he mention uh, twelve dimensional hypercubes here? I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk. I don't know if I want to go through this giant like tweet. I, I'm going to read this later. But like, here's here's the thing. I don't People even don't remember this. There is going to be a rewriting of the history of all of this, right? Mm. First of all, Casper well, he, is is not going to work. And he attempted that rewriting of the history not that long ago with like like oh, remember there were like forum posts and like Reddit about like counterparty history. Mm. Yeah, but like there's people right. coming up and saying, "Well, this is what happened." It's like that's not that's actually not what happened. happened at all, right? Yeah, no. Th- this okay. So guys, Vitalik started like discussions of a proof of stake coin. In fact, Ethereum was going to be proof of stake when it launched, and we were talking to Vitalik early on, and he kept saying that like uh, that consensus is a drop in. That was the phrase that he was using continuously. And one of the ways we kept telling him that like proof of stake is just it's a bullshit like. Um, Perpetual motion machine, mm-hmm. and it is still is. Mm-hmm. It belies all like all of the understanding of blockchains in terms of the security model. Just just completely throws it out of the water, and blows it out of the water. I guess. But the but but like here's the deal, like one of like Vitalik has proposed so many retarded things when it comes to this stuff. One of which is uh, when asked about uh, where what the state of Slasher was and Casper and like whatever it was called at the time. Uh, he proposed at one point a 12-dimensional hypercube system for determining uh, or, or for consensus. Yeah. And nobody knew what it meant. Nobody. Not even him. Mm. His entire history is in obfuscating words, just saying things well, that nobody knows the meaning of. He recently said something that got interpreted as him coming out with a new consensus mechanism, but all he really said at something was that he researched something from the 80s about distributed systems that somebody proposed something, and he was just talking about the idea as if this is how you would apply it to Ethereum. And this is but a it's kid, a lot of discussion about the these way, ideas. The who Before like, Ethereum was promoting quantum mining. Yeah. It's a scam. It's a, it's, it's it bad. It was a scam. But there's, there's just nothing here. Like, it's the same thing. It's the same Vitalik, like, oh, I just came across another idea. Yeah. Isn't that cool, guys? Oh, you're so smart, right? Oh, like, look God, at you. You're so smart. You, you learned Chinese. Yeah. And it, at some point, here's the thing. I, I think here's the thing, Sean. It's going to get to him. Do you remember when you're, when you're 12 mm-hmm. and you asked an adult for something? Like if you, let, let's say you ran away from home and you went to your neighbor. You're like, I ran away from home. I need a place to stay. Your neighbor would be like, oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. You can stay on my couch. And then you'd call your mom and be like, Sean's here. He's sleeping on my couch. He said he ran away. Yeah. Can he stay here for a couple days? Yeah, that's fine. You know, it's cute. 
Mm-hmm. When you're 16, you can do shit that's like cute. You go to your like friend's house and you say like, I have no cash. Can I eat with you and your family tonight? And they're, you know, your his mother's like, oh, you know, cute Sean. Like he's 16. He's impoverished. He's in college. You know, cute Sean. Mm-hmm. When you're 20, that shit starts to get less cute. Mm. When you're 24, it gets less cute. When you're 30, that kind of shit is is what a homeless person does. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And it's not cute at all. And people start talking to you about getting your life together and wondering why it's not together. That's where I see Vitalik going, where he has all of these things. Like right now, making proposals about POS, it's cute. Cute Vitalik. But it's not as cute as it was when you were like 12. Mm. And it's not going to be as cute when you're 30 as it is now, that you still haven't done the things you promised people. Mm going to be a lot less cute and people are going to be a lot less forgiving and the fact is that you're going to be a lot in a lot more trouble as time goes on and you are not exonerated by age mm. yeah so, so that we'll see how that plays out that's what i think is going to happen i think that that's going to be just less you know cute yeah um but yeah I w- ethereum's been having a lot of weird issues too like their unconfirmed transactions have you seen the, this is from like the Stellar Post where they were talking about like um, a lot of their attempts? They did a lot. They they, they they threw thousands of dollars to like test doing some things on Ethereum, and they said it just clogged the network up instantly. It, it and they cl- had they had transactions sitting there for like twenty four, thirty, forty hours. So apparently, Ethereum has a nonce built in that if a one like because it's account based, which is so weird, if a one account is like making a lot of transactions uh, sequentially. It will start queuing them and like putting them at the back of a queue. Mm. So if you're like a active user sending a lot of shit around, your transactions are gonna it's gonna get, it's gonna take longer and longer and longer to confirm. Probably exponentially then. Right. Oh, Which wow. they were like, that's a terrible way of scaling it because well, you're gonna people a, that want to like like let's say you want to trade cryptocurrencies a lot by idiots. Right. Well, of course, but they're proving it in a way which is hilarious because like this was posted like blockchains are war. And now it's not, oh, we have something better. It, well, it, what it, happened is this. Like, like, okay, so, so, like so, Stella's so, argument here is like you should, you should ICO with us because this is why ICOing on Ethereum is bad. Bitcoin, and Bitcoin it's bad is, for your right. users. Bitcoin is built by like, uh, <laughs> it, Bitcoin is the America of blockchains. All right. Yeah. And, and like we have cannons, we have guns, we have metal-based warships that are 90% underwater. We have lasers. And, we'll, and we have lasers and... Uh, and and all sorts of other awesome weapons. Yeah. And and like Ethereum is the Zulu tribe <laughs> of blockchains, and they What's they have the Zulu. The, what is Zulu? <laughs> <laughs> they have, and they have they have four hundred billion people <laughs> in their tribe, and they're and and they have sticks, and they have stones. And uh, and they do a lot of mushrooms and <laughs> ecstasy, and and when a, when a, when the America of blockchains comes to attack it, they lose despite the numbers, because yeah. they're still they're still throwing sticks at them, <laughs> like versus the guns and the like airplanes right. and the lasers. I mean, I think that we could probably at this point win. Uh, in this analogy, we could win. We could win against the Zulus by taking really big speakers and blasting really loud music at them and depriving them of sleep. <laughs> and just as a society, we'd be like, "Oh, good luck! Yeah, good luck! We win!" And like, we wouldn't even need to use the guns because we have speakers. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't. And that's Ethereum. That's a state of Ethereum right now. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh yeah, it's it's so stupid. 
<laughs> and what, I, mean, I don't know what people expected. <laughs> I don't know what people expected. Did you think this was going to be good? Right. Like, the, like this was going to like this was going to pan out in like a. Because there's, there's a lot of people out there that are really into it still. They're so into it. They tell me how great it is to program on it. I'm like, great, great. Like, why don't you program on an Apple IIe? Yeah. Like, just, that's great. Like, like build Oregon Trail. Yeah. Go do it. Why, why would you use a modern computer rather than an Apple IIe? Like, the, pro, you, the programming is the same. Like, Ethereum's cost per computation is, I don't know, a million times what it is on a computer. Why would you want to use that? Mm. Build Facebook on it. Oh, there we go. They should do that. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. It's just it, it, what's funny too is that like you, the the interest in like these things are. I just want to see what happens with like EOS and like some of these other chains, like because like Ethereum, Ethereum, Ethereum like set the pay like set the path forward for like all of these. These other blockchains that come along and like do stupid bullshit, yeah, like IOTA, like oh we have a we've, we 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 are using Tangle Quantum Tangles to like operate our, our our chain, right? And like the only reason a lot of these exist is because like Ethereum was the first one to to break off, but like there's there's gonna be an, there's an Ethereum of Ethereum, like EOS is like the Ethereum of Ethereum, right? And they're all gonna be competing to like get people on their shit chain, yeah, and they're gonna have like. I don't know if their their scalability issues are going to be better or worse, but I mean they're going to be terrible. But like, I don't know. Either, so either way, Stellar is Bitcoin's hoe. It's like that side hoe that right. like you don't give too much attention to. Whoa. But it seems do you loyal. have one of those? It seems loyal to Bitcoin right now. Okay, so I think that's everything. We're right around three hours. You ready to? Oh, okay. I, I got to go. You got to go too because you have like, you know. I have, I have, you have uh, this, uh, ovulation I've schedule you got to keep up. Jim's only open for a little bit longer. Oh, so. yeah. You have six minutes. Get there. I got to get there and get a good pump. All right, everyone. Uh, do you have, where, where can people find you, Sean? Because I'll uh, tell them where they can find me. It's, in, it's on the toilet. They can they find in the bathroom. You, find me in the bathroom. Find me in the potty. I'll be there. Uh, Cam 4 and the Ethereum Plus Coin Dojo. Yeah. I'm not on Cam 4, but I am in the Ethereum Plus Coin Dojo. And sometimes yeah. I go to uh, Cam 4 to, to watch Sean. Uh, a wonderful show he puts on. Really does. Um, he does a thing that Bruno does at the beginning of that movie. The the dick swing thing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> People really like that. Really Did you know that because that's what you do or because you watch Bruno? It's because, uh, well, both. But All right. that's, where I got, that, that's where the inspiration came that's from. That's what I thought. Yeah. Hey, everyone, this is John Seth chunking up the deuce of the South. The Masters end to go in peace. St. Catherine, pray for us.